know, if Jermaine Stewart only took his own advice, he'd still be alive today. Ironically, the guy who did that song, We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off, in the 80s, died in 1997 at the age of 39 of AIDS. Irony at its finest. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friends show. Today is June 11th, right now it's 7.18 p.m., Today at 7.40 p.m., as we usually do, we have a free roll, a $50 free roll. No Limit Hold'em at the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You can find that at the top of PokerFraudAlert.com. Register for a free account there and enter the free roll. To qualify for the free money, though, you have to have a registered account on the Poker Fraud Alert Forum dated January 1st, 2013 or before. If you don't have an account dated January 1st, 2013 or before, you can email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com or PM me on the forum, Dan Space Druff, and tell me how long you've been listening, tell me what you've liked about the radio show, what you don't like, what you like about the forum, what you don't like. Convince me you've been around and haven't just shown up for the free roll. If you've been around, I will give you an exception that is good for the rest of your life, or at least the rest of the site's life. To qualify for the free money You only have to do this once And if I approve you, you're in And if you have a registered account before January 1st You're automatically in I recommend everybody listening to this show Register an account Because you never know what other promotions we'll have That are dependent upon your registration date So, uh, you know, we may have promotions in the future Giving away money or prizes And I might have a hard rule That if you don't have an account here by a certain date you don't qualify, so make an account here, it's easy. And post on the forum. I always like to hear from new people. Anyway, welcome again to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friends show. Will I have a friend with me tonight? I might. China Maniac, who's the most common friend to join me here, said he might be able to make it. Uh, let's see if he's even online right now. I don't see him, but if he appears, he's definitely welcome to join. And if anybody else wants to volunteer to be the co-host tonight, you're welcome to do that, or volunteer for, to be the co-host in future weeks. If you want to interact with me, there's a few different ways to do so. You can go into the chat room, and I try to read the chat during the show. When I'm running the show by myself with no co-host, it's very hard to read the chat because I'm doing so many things at once. But I still try. If you go, go to the chat room, you need an account on the forum to access the chat room. It's a button that says chat near the top of PokerFraudAlert.com. And I try to read it. I sometimes read the comments out loud on the show. And sometimes I even steal the good lines people type in the chat room and pretend that these are my own thoughts so I can come off as much more witty and clever than I really am. So thank you, chat room, for being my ghostwriter. Anyway, 19 minutes until the free roll. There is no late registration. Not because I hate lateness, because as you guys have seen, I'm almost always late to this show. But the software hates lateness. It will not allow late registration. So if you're not in by 740, you are not in. The prize pool, as I said, is 50 bucks, And it breaks down as follows. 25 for first, 15 for second, 5 for third, 5 for fourth. It is No Limit Hold'em. The free roll money is not from me. It was donated thanks to our users once again. Trader SHKY, who is very, very generous, has donated many times to the free roll. 
20 bucks from him Dr. Peters, who has finished in the money the last two weeks Instead of taking it for himself, he said Kick the whole thing back So his last two prizes added up to 25 bucks, And we're kicking that back into this free roll That makes up half the prize pool And one Marley One also kicked back one of his prizes for 5 bucks. So uh, Trader HKY sent 20 bucks. The other two donations adding up to 30 Were actually previous winners Just rolling their money back in And that's great And I appreciate all money that's donated here PokerFraudAlert.com has given away more money in its podcast free rolls than any poker podcast in the past year. Look it up. You won't find one that's given away more money associated with a poker podcast. That's all thanks to our generous users, not thanks to me. I don't want to take credit. Here's the agenda for tonight. The Nevada lawmakers have approved a bill allowing online poker compacts with other countries and Indian tribes. Now, what are compacts? This is uh, essentially them allowing other countries and other, and like Indian tribes, to cooperate and share their player pools. So it won't just be people from Nevada playing against each other anymore. It'll be people from maybe other countries. They already have it in the law that other states can do this And there's been talk about New Jersey perhaps joining in And sharing the player pool But now it's other countries And that's a little bit more complicated And I'll explain that and I'll give you my feelings on the matter And surprisingly I don't think this is necessarily a good thing A trailer for the movie Runner Runner has been released I will play it on the show. I will give you my commentary on the trailer. Runner Runner is a movie. It's going to be in the theaters starring Ben Affleck and Justin Timberlake. It's very loosely based upon the AP and UB scandal. It does have to do with a character in the movie played by Justin Timberlake getting cheated by an online poker site that is owned by the character played by Ben Affleck. Then from that point forward, it diverges from the story and is complete fiction. Uh, now, it's it's not pretending like it is the AP or UB story. It's not like that Ben Mesbrick book. So I have no problem with that movie. But the question is, will it be good? And will it be at all realistic? And will it help or will it hurt the online poker legalization efforts in the U.S.? I'll talk about that. By the way, I will be in the DVD extra on that movie. But that does not influence my feelings about this movie. If it sucks, I'll say so. If it's a terrible movie, I'll say so. And I'll say, hey, buy the DVD anyway to see me. <laughs> but uh, if the movie sucks, I'll let you know. I'm not going to lie. But I'm waiting for it just like the rest of you. It actually finished filming 10 months ago. So it's been in the can for a while. But I believe it will be released in September. Speaking of AP and UB and a story about them, the book Straight Flush... Written by Ben Mesrick, the guy who wrote 21, or not sorry, he wrote Bringing Down the House that was made into the movie 21, and uh, wrote a another book about uh, Facebook that was the inspiration for the social network. He wrote a book called Straight Flush about the AP and UB guys, or actually the AP guys, and how they went from Montana frat boys to owners of Absolute Poker and everything involving their life. The problem was the book was full of omissions It uh, glossed over the cheating scandal 
It lied about the cheating scandal. It painted the thieves of absolute poker as flawed heroes. Now, I've talked about that on previous episodes, including last week. But what's different this week is that the author showed up on 2 Plus 2 to actually defend his new book. (laughs) As you can imagine, it didn't go very well for him. So I will read his statements in response to the criticism he is getting from 2 Plus 2 and elsewhere. And I'll read a few select statements from the people who are criticizing him and arguing with him on 2 Plus 2. Of course, as many people, as many outsiders do when they show up on a forum like 2 Plus 2 and bring a ridiculous position to the table, they try to make a few posts uh, to snow everyone, to manipulate everyone into believing their lies, and then when the public is not buying it, they run off, and that's pretty much what happened there. But it's an interesting exchange, and I will read it. And of course, give my commentary. Google Glass, which is, strangely enough, perhaps the future. These are glasses you can wear and uh, access the internet through the glasses. It's, It's very futuristic, if you think about it. These are the type of things you would see people wearing in science fiction films, but it's reality now. Well, it's been banned from a lot of casinos already. Very fear of cheating. We'll talk a little bit about that. The World Series of Poker did something that seems like it was classy. Now, Jerry Buss, Dr. Jerry Buss, who was the owner of the L.A. Lakers and a philanthropist and a big-time poker enthusiast. In fact, he came to like poker more than the Lakers, I kid you not. He passed away in February. Most of you know that. What the World Series has done, knowing that Jerry Buss probably would have played this year if he were still alive, they invited Kobe Bryant to play the World Series of Poker main event in Jerry Buss's place. Sounds like a very classy and selfless move by the World Series honoring a great man, Jerry Buss. But was it really, or did they have their own motivations? I'll talk about that a little bit. Tiffany Michelle, remember her? Didn't she finish like 17th in the 2008 World Series of Poker main event? Uh, Perhaps the ultimate example of how these tournaments are really donkaments, how luck plays such a large part over skill. Tiffany Michelle, who uh, pretty much hasn't been heard from in the poker scene since that uh, incredible luck box finish, netting her like $330,000. She did sign with UB after that. But that's not why I'm talking about her. She tweeted recently calling out her ex-boyfriend, Hollywood Dave, Hollywood Dave Stan, for supposedly owing her $20,000. She didn't name him, but it was pretty obvious from her tweet who she was talking about. I know more about the story now. I can't reveal everything I know because I was told some inconfidence, but I will reveal some of it, and I'll give you my opinion about who I think is in the right and who I think is in the wrong here. I have played two World Series of Poker events. I'm not going to talk about them again. I spent a lot of time talking about them last week, if you want to hear my commentary. But I have some ideas on how to improve the World Series of Poker in general. Some of these things would be logistical improvements, and some of these would be play-related improvements. These probably won't happen, but I think it's worth putting out there if not just to understand that it's still a pretty flawed tournament and that they still have a long way to go before they really get to the point where everything is uh, running smoothly 
and to where all the tournaments are the best they can be. Still a lot of work to do with the World Series, and I will explain my ideas and how I think it can be improved. Of course, you never know during the show, Ken Scaler may call in. He hasn't called me as much recently. I don't know what he's been doing. He called me a few days ago. But uh, if he does, I will stop everything and put him on because there's no calling him back because he actually calls from payphones. He's one of the few Americans who's still using payphones. He's saying he'll get a cell phone soon, though. I really hope so, so we can call him and make it a regular appearance on the show. So that's the agenda tonight. If you want to call in, phone number 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. Make sure to show your caller ID by dialing star 82 before calling the number, or just show your caller ID through whatever option you need to choose on your cell phone or whatever way you're calling me. You can also call the Mount Charleston phone number if you want to call a 702 number rather than 775 702-430-1808. That is my Mount Charleston phone. It's an old 70s phone that sits on top of the mountain. Mount Charleston, a real place in Nevada, about 45 minutes away from Vegas. Snows there every year. You can ski on there. Not right now, of course. 702-430-1808 forwards right to me in whatever secret location I currently am. So you can call that number or the 775-FRAUD-55 number. Either will get through to me. And provided I'm not in the middle of a rant, I will take your call, and we can talk. And I encourage phone calls. Though if you're too uh, embarrassed to call in, or uh, a little bit on the shy side, or you prefer typing over speaking, you can type in the chat room. I just won't guarantee that I can see it. Uh, Bubbles asking in the chat room, can anyone call collect? Is that an option these days? Well... Collect calls are an option, but I don't think that you can even call me collect on these phone numbers. I don't I don't think they have that capability to be build collect. But if you do call me collect, I won't accept. But you're welcome to try. In fact, I'm interested to see if it would work. You know, there used to be a way to force people to accept collect calls, and that would drive them nuts. Because it was expensive. It was like a few bucks right away for the first minute. And then every minute was still pretty expensive. So if you hated someone, you could just keep, like, smacking them with collect calls and force them to accept. Of course, this wasn't legal, but there's a way to do it. I knew the way to do it about 20 years ago. Wouldn't work anymore, but uh, back in the day. Anyway, free roll starting seven minutes from now, 740. Get in there, no limit hold'em. $50 prize pool. Let me get to the first topic. And, of course, if a China Maniac appears, we will put him on Z-Show. Nevada lawmakers have approved a bill allowing online poker compacts with other countries and Indian tribes, supposedly. I don't know really know how the Indian tribe thing is going to work. Because, uh, basically, right now, you can play legalized U.S. online poker, but you have to be physically standing in the state of Nevada. It doesn't matter where you live. It matters where you are. So if you live in Nevada, but you're somewhere else, you can't play. If you don't live in Nevada, but are in Nevada at the moment, you can play. And if you live in Nevada and are in Nevada at the moment, you can play. Just very simply put, if you're standing on Nevada soil, you can play online poker legally. If you're not, you can't. And they have various methods to attempt to be able to tell if you're really in Nevada. They do it by both your cell phone and your IP address. Now, there's only one running 
Nevada online poker room right now, and that's Ultimate Poker. We've talked about them before on the show, run by Station Casinos. I've played a little bit on there. I'm up a few hundred bucks. No big deal. I uh, haven't played very much, to be honest. But WSOP.com, run by Caesars, you know, the official World Series of Poker site, is going to be offering real money online poker, again, to only people physically in Nevada. For whatever reason, they're not offering the games right now. I don't know if it's because they're not ready or if they're waiting until after the World Series. Someone came up with a theory, I think it was Steve-O on our forum, that the reason they're waiting is because they don't want a big boom of players during the World Series and then the whole thing to fall off when people leave and make the whole thing look like a failure. So he actually thinks that they want it to start slow. So there isn't a big letdown when everyone goes back home after the World Series, which is very possible. This is just a theory, of course. This is not uh, necessarily the truth, but uh, I could believe that. But whatever reason, uh, it's not going to start for a number of weeks. But when WSOP.com goes online, then that'll pretty much crush Ultimate Poker, I think, because I think people are going to trust WSOP.com a lot more. And, of course, they have a lot better marketing behind it. But still, if it's only people physically in Nevada, there's a few problems. Number one problem, not enough people. There just are not enough people in the state of Nevada. Even if you count the tourists, there just are not enough people there to play. You need a very, very large pool of people to have an active online poker room. Nevada just does not have a very large population. And as far as the tourists go, I think a lot of them are not going to play online poker. Most people do not travel to Las Vegas to sit, a compu- sit at a computer and play online. They travel to Las Vegas to play at the tables, to play slot machines, to play video poker, to go to clubs. They don't travel to Las Vegas to sit in their room and play on a computer. It's just something that people aren't going to do. A few will, but it's not going to really be a, a major source of players, except during the World Series where you have a lot of people who are poker players that would want to do this. But that brings me to my second point. The second problem with a Nevada-only online poker room is that you'll have too many pros and not enough fish. You never want a situation where the pros vastly outnumber the fish. And to be honest, five pros and one huge fish in a game may sound like a good game, but it's not. It's really not a good game, and there's a lot of variance to it. Because you're going against uh, four of the five players who are very good, maybe better than you. And of course the fish can get lucky too, and sometimes just win. So not only do you have to beat the non-fishy opponents at the table, but uh, you have to outrun variants, too. I'm not saying you can't beat those games. They're just not that good. It's hard to really show a consistent profit at those types of games. So you really want a lot of fish for profit on an online poker site to be viable. And Nevada is always going to have a lot of pros in their online rooms, a lot more than other states would, a lot more than if a federal room existed. I remember when I was on Poker Stars and someone would sit at the table who I didn't know, I would look at their city, and it would often tell a lot about them. If they were from Los Angeles or Las Vegas or somewhere in Atlantic City or that, you know, that general area, I would usually think they were good because they, they lived in a place where, on, where live poker was typically available, and they probably became fairly good. Same with people from Minnesota, uh, same with people from uh, Vancouver and Toronto, but for a different reason. 
Same with people from Northern Europe, but again, for a different reason. Now, of course, there were exceptions, but what I wanted to see was people from places like Oklahoma or, uh, you know, or Michigan, Ohio, Florida. That's where I was looking for, you know, to find the people from those places because those typically weren't the good players. You didn't want people who were from a major area of, of, uh, of poker, where poker is popular, where you have a lot of pros living. So Nevada, you have a lot of pros living there. And even if they're not pros, you have a lot of decent players living there, who may be semi-pros, or just good amateurs. You just won't have enough fish in Nevada, and the majority of fish that you're going to find in Nevada are tourists who probably aren't going to want to play online. So for these rooms to be really viable for the pro player to use, you need other states to join in. One, to make it active, and two, to hopefully introduce more fish into the environment. New Jersey has expressed interest in joining. California has expressed some interest in running online poker, and that'd be huge if uh, California joined. Unfortunately, right now, California seems to want to run their own room and not join anybody. And even that is uh, a while away from occurring. Nevada already approved a bill that allows cooperation with these other states. Now, there are no states cooperating with them yet, but their law allows it now. But what their law did not allow up until very recently was for them to have agreements with other countries. But now it does. Now they passed a law, they approved a bill, allowing these so-called compacts with other countries and with Indian tribes. So, for example, they could make a partnership with uh, with England. And the Nevada online poker room would be Nevada players and England players, all at the same table. And you're thinking, great, that'll definitely increase the pool. And in a place like England, which I'm just picking out of the hat here, I'm not saying England has an interest in this. But like, let's say there was England. You'd say, oh, great, there's plenty of fish from England, and there are. They would uh, greatly increase the player pool because there's a lot more people in England than there are in Nevada. That's also true. So wouldn't this be great? In fact, wouldn't this be great for them to make partnerships with a lot of different countries? So even if you can't play with people around the U.S., you can play with people around the world. And all of a sudden, it might start to look like a decent place to play. Or would it? Let's go back and think about the problems we've had with online poker since it began in the late 90s. The biggest problem, the reason this site exists, PokerFraudAlert.com, has been fraud and cheating and stealing. Full Tilt stole hundreds of millions of dollars from us, a site that we all trusted and thought was uh, rock solid. UB, which we knew wasn't very rock solid, stole everyone's money, and cheated people by looking at their hole cards. We've had a lot of smaller sites do a lot of shady things from just disappearing entirely with people's money to uh, uh, not cashing people out, to not keeping their word on promotions, to allowing cheating in their own promotions, you know, like what Lock Poker has done. We've had a lot of scandals, a whole lot of scandals in online poker. When these new, legalized, regulated online poker rooms started to crop up, right now we only have one. When Ultimate Poker came up, 
I said, thank goodness that's all over. Thank goodness that if we ever have another Russ Hamilton, he will go to prison. Thank goodness if we ever have another Scott Tom, his assets will be seized and the players will be made whole. Thank goodness if we have another whole card scandal that there will be no more stonewalling, there will be no more covering up, that the government will get involved and force them to provide us with the data we need. Thank goodness people will go to jail for cheating us. Thank goodness we will have someone to complain to other than the site itself if something is wrong. We will have a regulatory body that actually gives a shit. Thank goodness for all that. And Ultimate Poker, regulated by the Nevada Gaming Commission, is just the start. And eventually we will have more sites like WSOP.com. Eventually we'll have other states cooperating. Eventually we'll even have federal online poker throughout the U.S., regulated by the U.S. federal government. And it'll all be different. But maybe not. If we get other countries involved... If it's a first world country like England, it's probably going to be okay. But if we start allowing countries like Costa Rica, Antigua, Aruba, etc., 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 to, quote, regulate online poker rooms and then make compacts with Nevada, we're going to have our same problems all over again. Because once again, there will be no jurisdiction over what happens in these other countries. Nevada will basically be powerless. If someone cheats over there, they can't go arrest them. If an operator makes off with people's money, nothing you can do. It'll be the same situation, maybe a little bit better, because you know maybe Nevada will make a requirement that they hold all the money. Maybe Nevada will uh, exercise enough control where they're pretty much just, you know, the other countries are pretty much just feeding players in. And Nevada's handling everything else. But there's still a problem. What if you have players that cheat? Not insiders like what happened at UB, but just players who decide to collude, you know, like Stocks Trader did. What, what about that? What if we have players from other countries who cheat, who use bots, who do other things that uh, are dishonest? We could prosecute them in the United States for that cheating. Other countries, we couldn't. We couldn't touch them. So allowing other countries into the mix, allowing them to share the player pool with Nevada, opens up a lot of the doors for abuse. And that's what I'm afraid of. And as much as I would like some fish from uh, some of these small countries to be able to play... As much as I'd like a large a player pool as possible, I just don't feel comfortable right now after all that's happened to allow other countries to join the mix with the legalized Nevada poker rooms. And of course, I'm assuming a lot here. Maybe Nevada won't control everything. You never know. You never know who will control what, who will have power over whom. Hell, the Nevada rooms could end up being skins of the international rooms and people could get screwed all over again. It's a disaster waiting to happen. We should not have any compacts with any other countries unless they are first world countries 
with a history of going after fraud. That means no Costa Rica, no Antigua, no Aruba, none of that garbage. Something like England, fine. Something like France, fine. But none of these little island countries that are only doing it for the money and don't give a crap if someone cheats. It's going to be the original situation all over again. And perhaps even worse, because people will be playing with a false sense of security that it's being regulated by their state or U.S. government. Not knowing that uh, people in foreign countries could be doing things with little to no consequence if caught. That's my feeling about that. 775 fraud 55 7753720835 if you would like to call in reading the chat room people asking what about Nigeria <laughs> exactly what about Nigeria someone saying in chat Jeff only approves of white controlled countries no, that's not true. I only approve of uh, countries that have a history of fighting fraud and would likely put people in jail if they cheated in online poker. Any country that could not be described that way, I would not want to be playing with those people on an online poker site. So... Let me move on to the next topic. You can chat in the chat room with me if you want to interact with me that way. I already have plenty of people talking to me in there. I'm trying to keep up with it as much as I can, but, you know, when I'm ranting by myself, yeah, there's only so much I can do. I'm not Superman here. So, uh, the movie Runner Runner is coming out in September, I believe. It is a movie that is loosely based on the AP and UB scandals. And when I say loosely, it means the very beginning is based on it, where there's cheating going on on an online poker site based out of Costa Rica. And the kids gets cheated and figures it out. And then from there, it diverges into a completely fictitious story, which is fine. This is not meant to be any kind of uh, historical recounting of the situation. It's just a... fictional movie, a thriller. So I have no problem with the plot deviating so much from what actually happened at UB and AP. It's not supposed to be that story, just inspired by that story. Starring Justin Timberlake as the kid who gets cheated, Ben Affleck as the owner or CEO or whatever of the uh, cheating poker site. And then there's a twist to it where I I guess the kid joins forces with, with the Ben Affleck character and, you know, gets greedy, and then the FBI busts him and, and tries to make him an informant. You'll, you'll hear the whole thing in the trailer. If you don't want any spoilers, then don't listen. Just tune this part out. The movie's coming out, I think, in September. It was finished with its filming in August of 2012. So it's been done for a while. I got a call a few months ago from a company in Hollywood that makes these documentaries and little DVD extras. And they said that they were paid for, you know, Fox paid them. It's a Fox film. 
that Fox paid them to do a DVD extra on the real story of online poker cheating, which I'll give Fox credit for this. I mean, it's nice that they're going to include that in the DVD, that they want the actual story about online poker cheating to get out there. You know, once you watch the fictional story that you can learn about what's really been happening. And they asked me if I wanted to participate. And I said, sure. They didn't pay me. But whenever I have an opportunity to tell the truth about what's been going on in the world of online poker and call out the cheaters and call out the companies that cheated us, I want to do it. I want to get the truth out there. I don't care if I get paid. I mean, it would be great if they paid me, but uh, the truth, if I told them I wanted to get paid, they'd call someone else. So instead, I said, okay, I'll come down there. I came down to their Hollywood studio, which was uh, right there in the, the heart of Hollywood, You know, right where all the tourists go. The, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, Hollywood and Highland is right over there. Right in front of the Mans Theater, in fact. Right across the street from it. So I went up to their studio, and they, they were very nice, and we did a like a 45-minute interview. I'm sure they're going to cut it up and uh, only put a few minutes of me on there. But they told me I'll be in it, the DVD extra of Runner Runner. But here's the actual movie, which I'm going to go see both because it's about a cheating scandal online poker and because I'll be in the DVD extra. So I will go see this in September. And I'll give you my honest opinion of the movie when I see it, and I'll play the trailer right now and give you my honest opinion of the trailer, which I promise you is not influenced at all by the fact that I'll be in the DVD extra. The following preview has been approved for appropriate audiences. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> the following preview has been approved for appropriate audiences. What, what does that even mean? Well, who are the appropriate audiences? Like, if you're not the appropriate audience, how do you know when you're about to write, watch the trailer? They used to have, like, a PG or an R or or a PG-13 or whatever on the trailer so you knew to get your kid out of the room if the trailer was inappropriate for kids. But it's been approved for appropriate audiences. What the hell? All right, let's go on. You have a real gift. I want you to make this place proud, but gambling is forbidden on campus. So this is uh, the professor, or I don't know, a professor, the dean or something, talking to a college student saying that uh, he has a gift, but uh, he can't gamble on campus. 60 grand tuition due next week, and that's if I don't eat. Change your tune, or you won't have a school to pay for. So I guess this kid who's a you know, really good poker player is playing at home games and... Uh, he gets caught gambling on campus and is told, you know, I don't care how much tuition you owe. That's due next week. If you can keep gambling, we're going to kick you out anyway. Is your plan to gamble for your tuition money? It must be really nice to have your education paid for. I've been three-tabling. Statistically, it's the right play. <laughs> Here's the funny part. <laughs> if you go to about the 29-second spot on the trailer, you can find the trailer on YouTube. Just type in Runner Runner Trailer in the search area. If you go to like the 29 second mark, you'll see a shot of poker stars. And it actually says on the screen, play money table. So they couldn't even film a real poker stars game to include in the trailer. Also, I'm going to have to go back and take a look. But I'll tell you a little story before I continue here. When CNBC came over to where I lived at the time to film me, and to talk about the 
UB scandal and AP scandal. I'm not talking about the 60 Minutes. I'm talking about the CNBC special called American Greed. Um, they wanted to film me playing online poker. And I told them, look, I don't want to be filmed playing real hands because it's going to be distracting. Like, I, I like, I just didn't want to play... Well, first of all, they're not going to sit there and wait for me to get all the way around to the button. You know, like, I, I just didn't want to do the whole thing. I didn't want to, you know, play the big blinds and quit because they're ready to move on. I didn't want to make them sit for 15 minutes while I wait for the button to come back around. You know, I didn't want the distraction of the camera on me when I'm playing high-stakes poker. So I said, you know, screw this. How about we just film Play Money? And they said, fine. So they filmed me playing Play Money on Poker Stars. And if you watch really carefully in that CNBC special I was in, you will see it flashes very quickly, but you'll see Play Money on the screen, and that was actually me playing on PokerStars Play Money. Well, I was really surprised to see what looks like a very, very similar PokerStars Play Money screen popping up on this trailer. I'm almost wondering if they lifted it from that CNBC episode. I'm not even kidding. I should go back and see if the flops match. But anyway, it says uh, Play Money table on there, but yet they're showing what's supposed to be Justin Timberlake playing for real money. So I hope in the real movie... That there's not a play money table <laughs> when he's supposed to be winning big. It's going to be really embarrassing for them. And I would think they would have the budget there to, to play one round of, of uh, real money poker. Or at least uh, erase the play money table through special effects. I, I think they could do that in 2013. This is- <laughs> so everybody was cheering that he won his play money hand. There we are. I, I just, I just uh, scrolled back to it. it. It appeared again. He, ha- he it's a three six nine rainbow flop, and he has like uh, I don't know, fifteen hundred dollars like sitting in the pot. Except it's his play money table. It's it's clearly a poker star's play money table. This is the one you wait for. I mean, he was waiting for you. So that that was referring to what happened to me basically with Gray Cat. This is the one you're waiting for. Talking about like this is the terrible player you're waiting to go up against. And then that showed it, say, busted out on the screen and him closing his laptop in frustration and his friend saying, maybe he was waiting for you. And that's exactly what happened to me. You know, Gray Cat, who was a horrible-looking player on Absolute Poker, and I'm like, yeah, this is the guy I was waiting for, and I played him heads up, 200, 400, limit hold him, and he crushed me! And he was the one waiting for me, because he could see my cards. So that's pretty much what happened to Justin Timberlake's poor character here. Look how far outside the normal win rates the guys who beat you are. I was cheated. Forced to move offshore is one of the internet's dirty little secrets. Online poker. You're about to jet off to a country you've never been to with a language you do not speak. Do you have any idea how crazy this is? So Justin Timberlake is going to Costa Rica to confront the company itself and say, what the hell, you cheated me. Now, in reality, this wouldn't happen. You, you know how poker players are. They're, they're just going to whine about it on 2 plus 2. <laughs> no one's going to Costa Rica to confront the rich and powerful company there about getting cheated. Which you first? This is the house. Why the house? The house always wins. Which is why we don't have to cheat people. But the math is right. Am I missing something? No. Programmers decided to write a backdoor into the code. You saw it. Came to me. This is a little something for your troubles. Plus, of course. So, so um, I didn't really understand that exchange. Something about a backdoor in the code. I, I don't know who was supposed to have cheated him, but uh, at the end, he's this is something for your trouble. This is him and Ben Affleck, who was supposed to be the CEO of the online poker company, sliding him a big stack of cash. And that's where the whole story turns. 
versus you know, like sticking around and taking a shot at a real business. So, so basically, Ben Affleck was saying, "Here's your money. You can take it and go home, or you can hang out here and join us and make a lot more." Guaranteed seven figures in the first eighteen months. Excited to see you spend. What do you say? What do you think? This is the place. All things are possible. Call me a. So then, uh, so they show a montage of him partying and being with hot girls, et cetera, et cetera. And then they show him being kidnapped, someone grabbing him and shoving a black bag over his head. But is he being kidnapped by the bad guys? No, he's being kidnapped by the FBI. Shavers. The FBI's into the kidnapping business now? You work for me. What are you talking about? Bribing an official. Racketeer. You have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. Just ask yourself, are you doing something wrong? Are we? Why is the FBI all over me? He's jealous. He sees what you have, he sees what you're gonna have, and he's lugging it away for chump change. You never know who you're playing with, it says on the screen. So so this is the whole thing where you know he goes to Costa Rica to confront the company that cheated him. The CEO talks him into joining forces with them. The kid is probably like talked himself into it that he's not really doing anything wrong, but then the FBI says, yeah, you're going to cooperate with us or you're in trouble. And then this kid doesn't know what to do, whether he should cooperate with the FBI or not. I, I don't know. That's, that's the story here. You let me walk right into it, Ivan. This is your job. You want a clear conscience? Go start a charity. But if you want... That's uh, Ivan is Ben Affleck's character. Your own island. And your boss says you got to go out there and take a beating. Go out there, take it, come back to work and say, do you need me to do it again? You have 48 hours. Get us the evidence on block. What I have to do to get out of this, I can't do it alone. You know I'm with you. Those are crocodiles. You know, at the casino when they give you chips, they say, good luck, sir. They don't tell you. Well, sir means dummy. Good luck means... <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> So they showed uh, Ben Affleck probably killing someone where uh, he says, you know, where the casino gives you your chips and says, good luck, sir. They don't tell you that sir means dummy. And then he kicks someone into the water with the crocodiles that presumably eat them. Runner, runner. Fall 2013. It, it ends with a stupid scene of Affleck and Timberlake staring at each other in the face, and it, it looks... I don't know. It looks very contrived, that's that scene. The stare down. Anyway, that's the movie. I, I think it has a decent potential to be stupid. I think there's some chance it'll be good, or, or decent at least. Uh, is it going to be realistic from a poker standpoint? Probably not. But uh, I, I don't know how much poker is actually being played in the movie. It looks more like a thriller-type story where... You know, kid joins up with the bad guys, gets talked into helping them, then has to work with the FBI, and then doesn't know what to do from there. I, th- I think that that kind of story. So we'll see. Uh, truthfully, pretty much all poker movies that have come out since Rounders have sucked. We all love Rounders. Rounders was a good movie. Everything since Rounders has been crappy. So this may keep up that streak. But even if it's awful... I will still watch it, and I will still... Uh, well, they're sending me a copy of the DVD. That that was my uh, <laughs> that was my one form of pay, is they're sending me a free copy of the DVD. So I won't have to buy the DVD. And I'll play my portion on this show when it uh, comes out. 
I assume the DVD will probably come out about six months after this movie gets released, probably, you know, winter 2014. So that's Runner Runner. And how do I feel about this movie? Assuming it's uh, it's portraying this company in Costa Rica to be very corrupt. How do I feel about how it will impact the online poker legalization efforts? I don't think it'll hurt it, because uh, this is not necessarily painting poker as bad. It's painting these offshore online poker sites as bad. And I don't want to see those offshore online poker sites get licensed. I want to see the licensed sites be those that belong to American companies. So, I mean, I pretty much, I, I think that's basically been the whole argument the whole time for legalization, is that we need it here to protect the American citizens from being cheated. We need regulation, we need legalization, so people can play poker safely. So people can play poker without getting ripped off, and so if they do get ripped off by some chance, that there's some consequence and some recourse against the ones who did it. Because the old way, there wasn't. You don't see Howard Lederer in jail. You don't see Russ Hamilton in jail, do you? Under the new system, under the legalized and regulated system in the U.S., they would be in jail. And their assets would be seized. There'd be a lot more power to give these people their comeuppance for what they did. And a lot more power to prevent these things from happening in the first place. So, if anything, I think this will underscore the need for legalized online poker and show how shady these rooms offshore really are. But at the same time, it really won't be news to anyone who's paying attention. So, I I don't think it'll really affect either way the online poker legalization argument, but it couldn't hurt, and it it keeps the subject of online poker on people's minds. It's nice to see online poker movies coming out into the mainstream in late 2013. That's what we need. We need people to still remember poker. We need people to remember remember online poker. We need uh, this to be an issue that gets pressed by the general public. That's the only way that legalization will really happen. So I think it's only a good thing for something like that to come out. Some people are talking about BetRace Fold. That's a different story. Uh, BetRace Fold is a documentary about some successful online players. And I think it'll be good, and I think it'll be interesting, but it's not the same thing. It's it's not the telling, really, of any uh, stories about scandals. And In fact, the people who are making it, and I think one of them was behind uh, the micros, the people who are making it are saying, look, you know, it's time we have a positive story coming out of online poker. It's time we can have people watch something about online poker that isn't about cheating or scandals. And I can understand that. I can understand doing a positive piece about online poker, how that will only help the poker community. And, uh, you know, I have nothing against BetRace Fold. I think it might be a quality project. I'll have to see when it comes out in a few weeks. I think it comes out June 30th. But uh, I don't consider that actually a movie. It's more like a documentary. And I have a feeling it will not be done with the same sort of uh, budget or professionalism that a theatrical movie would be. I mean, I don't think it'll be totally amateur hour, but uh, I don't think it'll have the production value of, say, Runner Runner. But they're two totally different things. It's, it's comparing apples and oranges. 
So, let us move on in the agenda here. If you're in the free roll, good luck. Started about 25 minutes ago. Let's move on to talk about another Ben, but not Affleck, and not my son, but Ben Mesrick, who wrote the book Straight Flush about the AP guys, a very despicable book that changes the whole absolute poker story from one of cheating and stealing to one of enterprising young entrepreneurs who took a chance and eventually went down because of the intrusive U.S. government that persecuted them and destroyed the business of these poor, well-meaning heroes. Flawed, but well-meaning. Flawed, but fun-loving. Heroes. Scott Tom. Hero. Oscar Hill Tatum. Hero. Brent Beckley. Hero. A.J. Green. What kind of a hero? No. They're not heroes. They're thieves. They're cheats. They are enemies of the poker world. There should not be a book coming out that glorifies them. There should not be a book that pretends like it's telling their story when in reality it's telling the story that these cheaters and thieves want you to hear. It would like be publishing a book that Bernie Madoff contracts as someone to write about his life. They write about Bernie Madoff and how successful he became, how he built up his business, all the great things he did with his life. And then at the very end, saying, oh yeah, there's a little footnote. Uh, He did cheat a few people, but uh, that's another story for another person to tell. This book is about the triumphs of Bernie Madoff and his life and all the innovation that he brought to the financial world. It's pretty much the equivalent of that. So... I've talked about this book over the last few weeks, and this is what I encourage everybody to do, first of all. I want to encourage all of my listeners, and I'm going to do this too. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it too. Go to Amazon.com and search for this book. It's called Straight Flush. And what you need to do is two things. Number one, rate it one star. You don't need to buy it. You can rate it without buying it. So rate it one star, which is the worst rating you can give it, and and. Don't just rate it one star, but actually post why you're rating it one star, which is very simply, it's a lie. It's a lie that's attempting to paint itself as the truth. So it's not like Runner Runner, which is taking a uh, a real story and using it as an inspiration for a fictional story. This is a story that purports to be real, but is actually a complete lie. It's actually turning the truth completely on its ear. It's making thieves and cheats into heroes. So write that. Write some form of that. Whatever your true opinion is, write that. Don't write my words. And give it one star. But don't stop there. Go find all the other one-star reviews and rate them as helpful. Because when you do that, then when people go to buy that book, those helpful reviews will show up first. So the more helpful votes the one-star reviews get the more they will show up when people go to buy that book. And my hope is, with the community doing this, with the community hammering this thing with one stars, and giving helpful votes to the one star reviews, 
that the average Joe going to buy that book will go, whoa, 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 what is this? Look at all the one stars. What the hell's going on here? Oh, crap. This guy is actually glorifying cheaters and, and thieves? Well, screw this. I'm not buying this book. Screw this asshole. I'm not buying this. That's what I want to see happen. I want to see the general public get woken up by these reviews and both knowing the true story and not buying that book and not supporting Ben Mesrick for what he did. And I think there's a good chance, I don't know for sure, but I think there's a good chance that Ben Mesrick was paid by Scott, Tom, and friends to write this book. Or at least being at least given a big advance. There's some reason why he was so pro-AP founders in this book and glossed over the cheating so much. So definitely go do that on Amazon and anywhere else where that book sells online. It'll really be effective, too. This is not just a stupid thing. It's not, it's not like writing a petition where you're saying, oh, what is, why does one vote matter? Why does one, uh, one signature matter? This, this actually will matter. You get a number of one-star reviews on there. Like, like if we get like 100 one-star reviews, which isn't that much if you think about it, that will destroy this book. That will really destroy the sales on Amazon. That will dominate the review list. Just 100 one-star reviews right now will really dominate it. So, uh, in fact, I'm going to go there right now as we're doing the show. As usual, I'm producing the show while I'm doing the show. So I'm going to Amazon.com. I'm going to type in straight flush. And here we are. It's already been discounted down to 1960. It was a uh, list price 27.99. So right now it has, uh, it looks like about two and a quarter stars, which is great. It's, we need to get it down further. But um, see, so here's the distribution. There, there's only 22 reviews so far. So this is what I mean. Can you imagine if we get like 100 one-star reviews here? That's going to kill this thing. So we have two five-star reviews, probably Ben Mesrick and his dad, five four-star reviews, two three-star reviews, three two-star reviews, and ten one-star reviews. So here are some of the, quote, most helpful reviews. This is just like when you scroll down, these are the reviews you see first. And this is what I'm looking to see, where, where just everyone votes that these are helpful, and these always show up first. Fiction. Next one, a book full of lies with actual truth and a lot of total BS. Next one, a gigantic literary fraud. That one's written by Haley Hintz. And uh, yeah, I won't bother to go on. A total fabrication, a book of fiction. It should be illegal to print this many lies. So, <laughs> a straight flush in the toilet. Could have been much better. So this is what I want to see. But but more of this. I want to see a hundred one-star reviews. You see, there's only 22 right now. Imagine what 100 more one-stars would do. It would it would kill this damn thing. So, uh, that, I'm going to go do this myself when the show's over. I'm going to write my own terrible review of this book, and I encourage everybody else here to write their own terrible review and vote helpful for all the one-star reviews. Let's, let's tear this book to the ground. Let's do what we can to where this thing does not sell and to where the, tr- the actual truth gets out. Anyway, that's not uh, that's not what I uh, the main point of uh, this segment. Though I wanted to get that out, thought that was a great idea. Ben Mesrick showed up on two plus two. I'm surprised about this. I, I thought he was probably reading it, but I didn't think he would actually acknowledge it because, you know, they're right. A two plus two is saying what I'm saying. They think this is despicable. They think this is the rewriting of history, probably because he was paid to do so. 
this is uh, the glorifying of, of criminals, changing their story. So how does the author, who knows he's full of shit, going to come in there and defend himself with an audience that is totally unsympathetic to him? But he tried. So I, sometimes these guys, they get such an ego that they really believe they can show up somewhere on 2 plus 2, they can post their bullshit, and they think the whole crowd will fall for it. They think the whole crowd will go, oh my god, Ben Mesrick is blessing us with his presence. The, the guy who wrote Bringing Down the House, the, the inspiration for the movie 21, and the guy who, who's the inspiration for the movie, uh, you know, his story for the movie uh, The Social Network, he is posting on 2 plus 2? Wow, we've got to kiss his ass. Wow, whatever he says, we're going to believe. No. No. People don't fall for that. People are like, no, you're, you're full of crap. You're a liar. You're glorifying criminals. You're a piece of shit. So, of course, he ran away once it became clear that no one was buying what he was selling. But uh, here's what he wrote. This is about uh, like 10 pages into the thread. Okay, been following this thread since the beginning. Some very interesting conversations, and certainly everyone is entitled to their opinion. I went into this book knowing there would be a fair amount of controversy when it came out, not unlike my Facebook book. There are multiple sides to the story, and I'd chosen to come at it from the direction that the most intrigues me, which may not be the direction that everyone out there wants this book to be written from. So he's acting like there's there's two sides to every story. Like like uh, you know Scott Tom may have been unfairly accused. He may have actually been a decent guy, and uh, it's about time we hear from the other side. No, it was very clear from all the evidence that came out that Scott Tom was guilty, that Oscar Hill Tatum was guilty, that Brent Beckley was guilty. These guys were stealing from the community first by looking at our whole cards, and second by just stealing all the deposit money and running off with it. They're guilty. I mean, <laughs> that, that, there's no two ways around it. That, that's it. It's, they're guilty. They may not be guilty in a court of law yet, but uh, they're guilty. So there's not another direction to come from. The only other direction there might be to come from is to interview these guys from the position of, I know you're guilty, why'd you do it? Not uh, to tell their story in a positive light. Anyway, going on. However, as author, my goal is to go inside a story and see it through the eyes of the people who were there, to try to tell it as a thriller from the point of view of the characters themselves in as true a fashion as my research, which involves hundreds of hours of interviews with the people themselves, thousands of pages of court documents, and whatever else I can find allows. Now, this is ridiculous. Hundreds of hours of interviews with the people themselves? Yeah, sure, if you're going to interview Scott Tom, what's he going to say? Yeah, I cheated? Yeah, I'm a piece of shit? Yeah, I'm a thief? No. Of course he's going to make excuses and tell lies and blame the U.S. government. Going through court documents, the court documents were not about the cheating. The court documents were about uh, uh, the illegal payment processing. The illegal online poker being offered. But that's not what everyone's concerned with. What everyone's concerned with is both uh, the stealing of the money and the, the super using. And that's not really in the court documents. So thousands of pages of court documents, that's not going to really tell the most important part of the story. There's two really important parts of this story, neither of which are very much covered in that book. And that's the thief of the deposit, the, yeah, the theft of the deposits and the looking at people's whole cards and cheating their own customers. Anyway, moving on. The only agenda I have, he writes, 
is to tell this true story in an entertaining, enjoyable fashion. He keeps saying true story because he, he wants you to know this is the truth. People who read my books understand what they're getting into. Some like the way I write my nonfiction, others don't. That's the nature of the beast. Look, there's no different ways to write nonfiction. It is either fiction or nonfiction. It is either true or not true. There are not styles of nonfiction. Nonfiction is called nonfiction because it is not fiction. Some like the way I write my nonfiction, others don't. Yeah, the ones that don't like it are the ones who don't like the nonfiction being turned into fiction. Straight Flesh is not a book focused on the AP cheating scandal or the UB cheating scandal. That may bu- that book may very well still be written, and there are plenty of competent journalists who seem to be very interested in writing that story. Straight Flesh is the story of the rise of AP from an idea formed by a group of frat brothers and the crash of AP due to the DOJ's takedown of the industry. It's about young men who turned a simple idea into a, mil- into a million dollar a day business, how they navigated the Wild West atmosphere of Costa Rica. How they took risks and often got into trouble. Yeah, like cheating. How it all fell apart through the hypocrisy of the UIGEA and what I see as a ridiculous, unfair legal action by the DOJ. Yeah, isn't it a shame that the DOJ came in and stopped AP from stealing people any stealing from people any further? Isn't it too bad that the DOJ stopped Scott Tom from taking your deposits and putting it in his pocket? Isn't it too bad that the DOJ prevented Absolute Poker and UB from... Only paying out withdrawals when new deposits coming in could cover them? Isn't it too bad that the DOJ prevented AP and UB from continuing to hide the fact that the same owners who cheated people the first time around were still in charge? What a shame. Isn't that unfair? Poor Scott Tom. Poor Scott Tom, the entrepreneur. He took risks. He... he, he took a simple idea and made it into a million dollar a day business and that damn DOJ they victimized him poor Scott Tom the victim unbelievable my hope is that this book helps in the fight to make online poker legal while telling a thrilling story about a group of complex individuals they weren't the complex they were just dishonest not all criminals are complex these guys definitely weren't if they were so complex they would have cheated more convincingly these are some of the worst poker cheaters I've ever seen That's why it was so easy to catch. These guys aren't saints by any stretch of the imagination, nor are they the apparitions of evil. They are a group of friends who tried to do something cool, got caught up in a world of fast money, yeah, it's very fast when you can steal it, exotic thrills, and yes, temptations. Yeah, like temptations to steal. It is indeed a story that involves greed, yep, risky decisions, uh, yeah, I guess, danger, and in the end, a big fall. What a shame. A big fall. Both the AP cheating scandal and the UB cheating scandals are in the narrative. Yeah, barely. Within the 10-year timeline of the story, they are not in the central focus, nor do I believe they should be. So wait, the biggest cheating scandal ever to hit any sort of online gambling, in fact, the biggest gambling cheating scandal ever should not be the focus of the story? Instead, the focus should be on a bunch of frat boys partying up and and doing drugs and having sex with women in Costa Rica. That should be the focus, but not the UB and AP cheating scandals that uh, resulted in tens of millions of dollars being stolen through cheating and then tens of more millions of dollars being stolen through stealing the deposits. 
That should not be in the narrative? That should not be the main focus? <laughs> he writes, Certainly there are those who disagree with the way those scenes are written, and I look forward to reading other accounts of those events. Now, I haven't read the book, but I was told that uh, it's continuing to blame the cheating on A.J. Green, a consultant with the company, and not Scott Tom or Oscar Hill Tatum or any of the actual owners. Which, of course, is a big lie. The truth is, the vast majority of people who lost money on Black Friday did not lose money because of cheating or because of Scott Tom. In my opinion, they lost money because the DOJ shut the business down, froze assets, shady processors vanished with billions of dollars, many millions more were used to pay off employees because Costa Rican laws require it, and millions more went to lawyers for legal defense. Poor absolute poker. They were victimized. If Black Friday had not occurred, players would not have lost that money. Unfortunately, the company didn't have a big enough war chest to pay off its accounts, and many people were devastated. All of that is presented in the book. Now, all of that is presented in the book with a lot of excuses and lies. I don't even know where to begin with this. Uh, the people who lost money on Black Friday on AP or UB lost money because there was no more money, because Scott Tom had stolen it, and this made it abundantly clear because there was suddenly a run on the bank. The money was already gone before Black Friday. On April 14, 2011, the day before Black Friday, that money was gone. There wasn't money in AP. The only way you were getting money on AP would be if new suckers would deposit, and then they would pay you a very limited amount per month. Something that has uh, been lost in these stories about AP and UB is the fact that long before Black Friday, there were very strict withdrawal limits. It wasn't always like that. Like in the heyday of AP, when the, they were booming and getting tons of deposits... Uh, I was withdrawing things like $90,000 at a time with no problem. However, in the later AP days, that was not the case, and they had a lot of limits on how much you could, you could withdraw because they were no longer getting the type of money coming in like they used to. And uh, the way the stories go, they would only pay out at a maximum equivalent to what new money they were taking in. So if deposits slowed down, then so would your withdrawals. So uh, even people trying to get all their money off before Black Friday could not do so because of these strict withdrawal limits that were actually pretty damn low. And I know, I know someone who lost, like, uh, I think 500K on there, thanks to that. Uh, so, so when the DOJ cracked down on AP, they, they were broke. They had no money. That was it. The, the, the DOJ didn't seize a ton of money. They seized very little. And the shady processors that, quote, vanished with millions of dollars, that's not true. I mean, it may be some, some processors who had money in transit vanished, but that, that, that's a drop in the bucket compared to everything that was going on there. That, that could not be used as an excuse for why people did not get paid, uh, nor, nor was the uh, paying of the employees their, their final salaries, uh, n- nor the fact that they had to pay lawyers. They, they just stole all the money. In fact, they paid the lawyers, I'm sure, uh, b- with player money. Uh, there's no way around this. Player money should be player money. If the DOJ seized it, where is it? The DOJ has said they, they really didn't seize money. If they, saw, if they seized money, it was very, very little. They did not seize any significant money. The processors, I mean, how much could the processors be holding? The processors are only temporarily holding the money. They're holding the money going in. They're holding the money going out. They're not holding the money that AP should have in the bank for all the players. So where did all that money go? How did all that money disappear? DOJ didn't get it. The processors had no access to it. Where'd the money go? 
The money went to Scott Tom. The money went to Oscar Hill Tatum. That's where the money went. And of course, he's ignoring that. He finishes off by writing, In any event, I appreciate the discourse. I'm fascinated by much of the research, uh, much of the research that those on this blog have done into the cheating scandals and in the storyline. Look forward to continuing the debate about online gambling as the story works its way farther and farther into the mainstream. Uh, ben, it's been in the mainstream for five years. Six years now, actually. It, it isn't working into the mainstream. It, it's been out there. In fact, you seem to know a good deal about it. You're just uh, choosing to see it with rose-colored glasses that uh, very much favor Scott Tom. There's no debate here. These things have been proven over and over. Even if not in the court of law, they've been definitely proven with all the evidence presented. Only an idiot would think otherwise. So there were a lot of negative responses on 2 plus 2 to the uh, post there. That was Ben Mezik's first post on 2 plus 2. And um, here's a sample of one of the responses that I thought summed it up pretty well. This is by a guy named Eric Stoner. I don't know if this is his real name, but uh, Eric Stoner wrote the following. Ben, you didn't have money stolen by these operators. This is where the outrage is coming from. To opine that this was a DOJ thing and that these guys were scapegoats just blatantly misses on all conceivable levels, not to mention insulting to those who are cheated by these men. Amen. I get that just by admitting that and conceding its point would disrupt the final version, it would disrupt the version found in your book, and by it's going to print too late for retractions, but that's why you're getting heat. Just by your comments here and elsewhere, it seems to me that you took only one version of the story, put it into your archetypal, archetypical structure, made the timeline fit your narrative, and called it good. By doing so, you didn't account for those here that would be ripped off by your narrative, and by the frat boys who initially perpetrated that narrative and crime. While the story of ideas turned to riches, turned to greed, turned to vice, turned to losing everything, made you good VH1 special, and you can spin this yarn quite well also, this is the subject where people know the truth. These guys had the means to steal money, something that the poker community is very sensitive about, and with good reason. The reason why Haley is appropriately angry with you is the fact that you haven't listened or even acknowledged the possibility that you might have missed some of the important details in this particular story. Their greed caused them to cheat. The DOJ business was just the icing on the cake. Exactly. These guys were never held accountable for their actions due to the unregulated environment of online poker, which is why we needed to be regulated for every jurisdiction. If you had something valuable that you had stolen from you, and the thieves were still in the public eye and never held responsible for their actions, and no one listened to you, I'll wager, giving you odds, that you would be downright angry. Even more so if someone from the outside your experience believed the thieves' version of events, published the books, and profited from it. If you can't see that, then I don't know what else to write. Good Post by Eric Stoner. So Ben Mesrick read posts like that of Eric Stoner and others who wrote very similar sentiments up on 2 plus 2 and responded with the following nonsense and then vanished into the night. Probably never to be seen again. On 2 plus 2, that is. Okay, lots of posts. Too many to try to respond to right now, but first off, let me start by saying I agree with many of these points concerning the end game at AP, AP and UB versus PokerStars. In the book, I think it's clear, though many of you seem to disagree, that Black Friday left the players devastated because the business, due to prohibition-like persecution... <laughs> so, again, AP was being persecuted. They weren't persecuting us, they were being persecuted. 
was being run using overseas shady payment processors with no regulations protecting player money. Yeah, from your friend Scott Tom. The nature of the payment system was inherently flawed because these complex steps the companies had to take to get money in and out of the U.S. via these phony companies, i.e. the ones selling non-existent golf balls, flower delivery, etc., that seems to me to explain some aspects of what was going on in these companies and why Poker Stars was able to pay back accounts while other companies couldn't. This is the kind of thing, this is the kind of writing I do, and it wouldn't fit in the kind of book I write, but I'm sure. Sorry, let me start this again. This isn't the kind of writing I do, and it wouldn't fit into the kind of book I write, but I'm sure many of you can go even farther to explain that aspect of how things went bad. The broad strokes, in my opinion, are how I described. It, or how I described it, and I maintain that the blame should be aimed at the DOJ and the UIGEA for setting this all in motion and creating this prohibition atmosphere. No, Ben, the only prohibition atmosphere there was is a prohibition against websites that were cheating people. At least in this case. You could say against poker stars that they weren't cheating people, so, uh, you know, there they were, they, it was uh, prohibited just because they were uh, running an illegal site. They, they were taking money and running uh, illegal online poker games for real money. But in this case, the government actually did a good thing by shutting down AP because they stopped Scott Tom from stealing more from the people. Same with Full Tilt. Again, they were stopped from stealing money from the people. If they were allowed to keep going, if Black Friday did not happen, it would only get bigger, it would only get worse. And just because we wouldn't know it for a while would not mean that it's a good thing it would continue. Now comes the ridiculous part, well, the most ridiculous part of his post. But I don't have a horse in this race. You can blame whomever you like. So so he's friends with Scott Tom and wrote a, uh, a completely sympathetic portrayal of him and his friends, but uh, he doesn't have a horse in this race. <laughs> Scott and Hilt maintain that for the final several years of the business, they had zero control of the company. They were not shareholders, directors, executives, consultants, etc., Pete, Garen, and Brent were still involved, but only as employees. I assume this won't convince people or keep the blame from flowing their way, but it does seem to me that the notion that the people lost money because these guys were cheats is based more on emotion than fact. By the way, the uh, the DOJ indictments say otherwise here. The cheating and Black Friday are two separate events involving different casts. Well, they are two separate events, but they involve the same cast. In one case, Scott, Tom, and friends were playing people in poker and seeing their whole cards and cheating them. In the other case, they're just stealing their money that was on deposit. So it's the same cast doing two different forms of stealing. Most of the other comments seem to be there are attacks on my style of nonfiction. There we go with the style of nonfiction again. <laughs> Which I understand. It's not for everyone. That is, everyone who likes the truth. Or a furious calling out of the AP founders, specifically Scott, and then after that, I think the brush seems to have a pretty wide stroke related to the AP cheating scandal. I'm not here to defend them. Yes, you are. Again, I don't have a horse in that race, and personally, I don't think the book paints anyone as a saint. This is simply the characters built via interviews as they are in their own words. Well, yeah, of course, their own words are going to paint themselves as saints. I agree with everyone that the cheating was indeed a scandal, that the bones of that story are in the book, and that the more complex intricacies of that story are still to be told. I believe that part of the book is handled appropriately, but others can certainly go deeper and dig for more facts. In any event, I am not an investigative journalist, that's definitely true, and I've always been perfectly clear about what I write and how I write it. Narrative nonfiction, true stories written in a thriller-esque style, some of you will enjoy it, some of you will not. Again, best, hopefully more to come, but no, nothing more was to come, Ben Mesrick. 
narrative nonfiction? No. It's not nonfiction. If you are changing the story, if you're vastly changing the story, if you're trying to do the story to the opposite of what was really occurring, if you're lying on behalf of criminals and then telling the story, telling the lies that they're trying to spin for the public, it's not nonfiction, it is fiction. And it's damaging fiction, it's dangerous fiction, because it's putting out a story that uh, glorifies and exonerates criminals. There's many flaws in Mesrick's logic, as you can hear from his uh, stupid posts. But the biggest flaw is that the, the Black Friday was to blame for the demise of AP. Uh, very simply put, uh, Black Friday put an end to the following theft. Where, one, players would deposit money to AP. Two, Scott, Tom, and friends would steal it. Three, when players would attempt to withdraw, they're only allowed to get paid whatever new deposits are coming in. So whatever money you had in the site or one on the site doesn't matter. It only matters if uh, more suckers are putting more money in that will then be forwarded to you. A textbook example of robbing Peter to pay Paul. And four, if the deposits stop coming or can't take place due to external factors, such as Black Friday, then uh, Scott, Tom, and friends simply pack up and leave with all the stolen money. That's what happened. And the whole thing from uh, Mesrick, the whole book, completely ignores uh, that and the entire uh, cheating and superusing scandal, uh, which is horrendous all by itself. So uh, it's likely to me that Mesrick was paid off by Scott Tom and Oscar Hill Tatum to write this story and pass it off as nonfiction. You might wonder where Mesrick even got the idea or how he got involved in this whole thing. He admits in an article on Boston.com that he was, quote, approached by these guys to write the book. This is Mesrick's quote. Two of the founders pitched me on the story, and it seemed like a blend of 21 and the social network, so that's why I got so excited. So two of the founders came and pitched the story to him. He admits that. So, by the way, Brent Beckley is supposedly out of jail. That's great. I mean, I guess he served more time than Scott Tom and Oscar Hill Tatum, but he's out of jail. Lovely. So, uh, I don't think Ben Resnick will be interacting with the community anymore. If any of you somehow come up with this phone number or have a way to get it, send it to me privately, don't post it, and I'll, I'll prank call him on the show. I'll have fun with that. So, we shall move on to our next topic, 702-430-1808, 775-FRAUD55. 775-372-8355. Make sure to show your caller. Whoa, 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 what is that? In case any of you are not following the basketball game, the Spurs crushed the Heat. Crushed them. 16 three-pointers for the Spurs, 113-77. to Jeez. I think the Heat are going to lose. I think it's the year of the Spurs. The old-ass Spurs. So I'm going to do it. Somehow going to beat the mighty Heat. Who won like 29 games in a row. Pretty amazing. But San Antonio leading 2-1. to one. And uh, there we go. So guess what? Uh, we're going to have a co-host here. Going to have a co-host. Uh, believe it or not, Ben Mesrick has actually volunteered to be a co-host here. Can't believe it. So, uh... I'll have Ben Mesrick on here. This is going to be really interesting. I can't believe it. He just, uh... 
sent me a message that he wants to co-host the show. No, I'm just kidding. It's China Maniac. Hello, China Maniac. Hey, what's up? Hi, so uh, welcome to the show. I, you were saying that you may not uh, be able to have long to do this tonight? Oh, no, no, no. I'm I'm fine now. I was just, um, I had to catch up on some Game of Thrones earlier, so. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm here now. All right, well, someone else is here now. A caller, you're on the air. Hey, guys, it's MTR. Matt the Rat, so uh, is it true that uh, you had dinner tonight with a former host of the show? Uh, let me shut off my other thing there. Um, actually, no, but I am going to in about half an hour. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, I wish I could be there. I, I uh, left Vegas for a secret location. I, I had to, um, you know, I can't spend seven weeks at the World Series anymore. I have to spend time exactly. with, my fam- with my family. And uh, this is the time I chose to do it. So, um, you know, I'm taking a 16-day break between events from June 4th to June 20th. And uh, But how's the World Series going for you? Have you played any events yet? Uh, played a 1500 and only made it, I think, about 435th out of 2100, so that wasn't so great. And, uh, only made about halfway in a 1K. I'm playing a 1500 tomorrow. So how did you find the play so far in these events? The, the play, um, actually, I found it in general, there was no crazy maniacs at my tables anyway. I mean, I, w- I was sandwiched once well, in the 1K between two Russian young guys, which they battled a little bit, but it wasn't that bad. But it wasn't, like, there was no 3-4 betting. I mean, I, did, I mean, in the 1500, I only got to level, halfway through level 7, so the chips weren't that deep. The highest point, I had about, like, 14,000 chips. That's about it. Yeah, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, I noticed the same thing. I didn't notice a lot of tricky play. Everyone was pretty straightforward. There was like the, you know, the usual, um, somebody raises middle position, then on the button, you know, the guy tries to re-raise to take it. And then as soon as the guy, the original raiser call, like flat calls, then the play slows down. It's like, because they're, they're, you don't start off with enough chips at the lower ones to like do a three or a four bet because you're basically already committed. Yeah, yeah, that's, I noticed that problem. That's why, yeah, I, I have people telling me all the time, like, you know, why aren't you, uh, uh, you know, when you when you're card dead later in the event, why why aren't you uh, stealing more? Why don't you three betting people more? I'm like, if the people who have been at my table when they're raising, uh, they really have it. And if I three bet them, then they're going to shove all in on me on my short stack, and then I'm going to be you know, running out the board with seven three offsuit. Like you know, I, I these I'm not going to run my, most of these people off their hands because they have real hands. Like people don't get that. It's not like online. yeah, it was it was funny though on the very first hand of the one case, <laughs> I witnessed like. This was an amazing cooler. The guy on the button had pocket kings, and the guy in the cutoff had aces, and there was a raise, a re-raise, a re-re-raise, and then a flat, and the flop came ace-king rag. Wow. And, of course, of course, they both got it in. You know, it was it was a, a bet and then an all-in and a snap call, and it was, it was just sick. I felt bad for the guy with kings. Like, first hand, just you're out. Both had a set. Yeah. Uh, I actually, it's, uh, I don't want to tell bad beat stories here, but the last time I played uh, No Limit Cash, I played 510 at the Bellagio. And uh, I remember I, I got it uh, I, I got it all in against someone when I had jacks and they had eights. And they, they had a relatively short stack, so I let them just hang themselves on the flop. And um, they hit an eight on the river. We were all in. Yeah, with, 
I'm kind of disappointed in the 1500. I was doing okay when I had 13,000. I think the average was about like seven, and I got all in pre-flop against Jacks, and the guy went runner, runner straight, and it kind of knocked me down quite a bit. But, uh, you know, that's just the way the shit goes, and um, I don't know. We'll try again tomorrow. And uh, Yeah, I mean, you have to win hand. You have to win pots in this. What I notice is in the Millionaire Maker, where I finished uh, in the money, but uh, it wasn't anywhere near running really, really deep. My problem was I could not win any kind of sizable pot. On the bright side, I wasn't losing any sizable pots. I, I wasn't taking bad beats. I wasn't uh, losing big hands. I wasn't taking coolers. But I was not. The reverse was not happening. I was not winning any big hands either. So I found that if if that's happening for you, that you can generally cash in these things just by uh, by playing smart and uh, and knowing the spots when you can steal and you know like you know knowing the players to pick on and you know on their blinds and when to steal antes and all that like like provided nothing bad happens you can kind of squeak into the money but you're not going to there's no way to run deep unless you're actually making hands. But yeah, the, the first couple of hours, and even the 1K and the 1500, if you lose even, like, say, four just kind of medium to medium small hands, you're you're in shove mode already. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So yeah, you are. It's, uh, it's bad news. Anyway, I was, um, I don't know, I, don't, I, I got my internet off right now, but I don't know if that guy was in there. He, he was saying he was going to meet up, and uh, I don't know, I sent him, and also hockey guys actually supposed to be staying in valleys right now, too, and I sent him, but they haven't... Uh, I don't know. They haven't given me a call, so I don't even. Well, know I, I don't know about Bad Guy. You know, he, he's he's been posting a lot. I should check his IP where he is. Bad Guy always says he's going to come to Vegas, and I would love if he did. I'd love to meet him, but so far he's never made it. Every year he said he's going to be there, and he has not been. This year he keeps swearing up and down he's going to be there. Uh, we will see. So I, I wouldn't count on him meeting you, but uh, John. No, Steve- I know. I know. Last week I, I missed the radio, but I went in the chat after. He said, "Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm going to be there. So oh, let's meet up. Okay, yeah, great." So. That's anyway, like that's sad, and just thought I would uh, phone in, and um, I'm here anyway, so that's, uh, it's uh, it's having a good time, though. It's, it was only hot 112 the first day, and it's only been about, like, like 98 or something. Oh, I went back down yet. You know what? I actually, uh, I'll reveal something about my secret location. I actually left Vegas and then came back to Vegas, but I came back to Vegas not for any World Series or gambling. I actually came back because there was a family get-together there. And uh, and that actually took place over the weekend, and and boy was it hot! It, it was unusually hot. It was like you know like 110, as you said, and which is unusual for this time of year. It's uh, it's it's typical to break 110 in the in July, but not in early June. So I, I'm exactly. glad I'm glad for you that it came back down somewhat. And how long are you going to be in Vegas? Uh, till till Sunday, leave Sunday. A total of ten days. So. It's it's good. Did the uh, tourist thing today. Went to the Hoover Dam and then took in a. Not the Beatles' love, but it's um, called the Beatles' show. It's at the Saks Theater in uh, Planet Hollywood. There, huh? I never heard of that. It was it was actually not bad. I bought one of these three day ninety nine dollar power pass where you can do like a hundred different things, and uh, it was pretty good because the show itself was sixty dollars and it was part of the pass thing, so it was pretty good. Hmm. And uh, you know, Hoover Dam, were you like like really really hot down there? Well, we went today, so it wasn't extremely hot, right? Oh, okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you. Back, so, back, it, was, it was okay. Four years ago, um, as I've told before this story, four years ago, the woman who is now Benjamin's mother came to see me in Vegas and uh, came to see me for the first time in, in over 16 years. I had last seen her in 1993. And, um, you know, it's kind of like our, our, our first date weekend. And uh, she's not a gambler at all. 
So it's not like we could sit around playing poker or blackjack or whatever. Like, like I had to find other things to do in Vegas, and it was in the month of August. And it was not a, it was not a, a cool part of August. It was one of those August days that the high was 109. And uh, so I'm like, well, I got to find things for us to do in Vegas, and uh, you know, especially during the day. So uh, you know, I, I unfortunately I, I picked some. I, I asked her, "Are you okay with doing some things if it's hot outside?" She said, "Yeah, yeah, sure." So, so we went to the Red Rock, which is interesting, and we went to Hoover Dam, and um, I, I remember um, we actually kissed at Hoover Dam. Not this wasn't our first kiss, but we kissed at Hoover Dam while while I was standing in California or Nevada. No, I was sorry, I was in Nevada, and she was in Arizona. So we had like the multi-state kiss there at the border of Hoover Dam. Oh yeah. But yeah. but you know we we actually didn't even go on the tour there because we were just so hot. We were about to take the tour and we were just sweating and just so hot. We were like, we're both not in the yeah. Mood but for the this. power plant tour is underground, right? Yeah, but by the time we even like were starting, and even if it was air conditioned, I see. I, we didn't know how cool it was down there. We we never. I, I still haven't done it to this day. We it's were going to do. Cool. It, it, it's not hot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we were just so hot. We just couldn't. Uh, we couldn't bring ourselves to walk on a tour at that point. We were just so hot and so thirsty. And uh, so I was like, one day we're going to do this again when it's not in the summer. But uh, another interesting place to go, but again, not in the summer, is Lake Mead. You, know, you can rent a boat on there and uh, you know, yeah. drive it around Lake Mead. But uh, again, it's something you wouldn't want to do when it's uh, really hot outside. So you know, Vegas can be tough to do like touristy things in the summer. Because you know you want to walk up and down the strip and it's too high. It's just it's just crappy. Uh, of course you can. It, it, the... it wears you out. It yeah, just drains your energy. It does, and, and it's just so dry. And you get thirsty so fast, and so I almost yeah. wish they would switch the World Series around, maybe to like a couple of different months rather than these months, just because it's just so hot. I mean, yeah. just walking from your car into the Rio. And, you know, you, you feel like you ran five miles on the treadmill if you well, park know, far just, enough yeah, just, in the parking lot. Right. Move it to, like, April or something. April and May. I mean, it's, those are beautiful months in Vegas. April and right. May. Uh, I, I was, you know, it's it's beautiful in Vegas. In fact, a lot of those days, it's it's the nicest weather in the country. I, I kid you not. It's like, a, you know, 85 during the day, 70s at night. You you know, you walk outside at, at 9 o'clock at night, and it's, it's 75 degrees, and it's beautiful. And it's like, it, it's like being in Hawaii without the humidity. And it, it's hey, great. I was going to say, remember last year, I think, I don't know if you remember, I, I made a post about how when I came to Bally's, I, I um, they just stay here because I get comp from most of it or all of it. And then they, um, that I, I called, someone got all pissed off because I said there's a freak show staying here. I guess it's a convention of people with tattoos, piercings, and earplugs and stuff. <laughs> well, they're back again this they're year. back. <laughs> and they're all, they're all staying on my floor, and you know, I mean, most of them are nice, but I, uh, they're partying at night, man. It's kind of, it's kind of. Loud. No, it sucks if you want to get up for a World Series event. That's, that's the last thing you want is people making noise at night. You know, when you want. When yeah, you, where are you, Matt? You at Bally? You at Bally's? I'm at Bally's right now. Yeah, on the. Um, I don't even how, know. How is it I'm there? In. I actually might be staying there for a couple. You minutes. know, it's, uh, it's just okay. It's good. It's a good. It's good price. It's okay. I mean, it's better than the quad, but it's it's old. Like you know, it's, it's not Caesar Palace, that's for sure. Well, it was. But know, are, the, was... Are, the, are the rooms clean and like mo- the modern? Rooms are, yeah, all, the rooms like... are clean. There's, yeah, there's no cockroaches. The no, one, it's the it's one not modern. It's an old like... hotel. It's an old hotel, though. Okay. Yeah, it's not, the one thing is I, that's kind of a bit of a pet peeve of mine. The water pressure in the showers is not great. You know, right. it kind of like just trinkles on your head. You know what? You know what? The Rio is like that too in some of the rooms. But uh, you know, I. 
why did you choose not to stay at the Rio? Because I, now, I'm no defender of the Rio. The Rio is a piece of shit in many ways, but uh, you can't beat the convenience there for the World Series. No, that's yeah, true. But the rims the are pretty, is, pretty good, too, for the price. I'm with the wife, right? And she, well, she has a friend here for a few days, but Valley's is pretty centrally located. Yeah, I like see, I said, I see I'm not a point, baller yeah. or nothing, but like I play enough in the pits that usually most or all the time I'm here is comped. And if I went to Caesars or somewhere else, it's like more expensive. I'm not. I'm gonna to have to pay a lot more. So, I would think you could get Rio for free. But I see your point about uh, you know if if you're with other people that the Rio you can't really walk anywhere from there because it's you uh, can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, it's on the other side of the. Yeah, you can take that stupid shuttle, but who wants to sit outside in the heat and wait for that thing? So, um, exactly. So yeah, I, I understand why you're there if you're, if you're with your wife. So, uh, by the way, Matt, do you have any kids? None that I know of. Okay. <laughs> How long have you been married? Um, well, I've been with my wife about, oh, since 2000, and we've been married since 2009. We actually came and got married to, in Las Vegas, January 1st, 2009. Wow. So, so you just, you just don't want to have kids? I mean, that's, that's a, that's, that's a long time without kids. Yeah, you, you know, well, I think it's probably going to be coming. And I, I you know, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not that I'm running out of time. Maybe, I mean, but yeah, it's probably, probably coming in the next year or so. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out here, and I guess uh, we'll we'll see. Hey, China, when when are you gonna be at the Rio? I'll be coming in June 30th, and uh, I don't know where I'm staying for the first few days. I know I'm staying at the Luxor in the middle of the week, and then I might just stay at the Luxor through the um, the World Series. So I come in on like Sunday the 30th, and I play the main event on like. Uh, I think it's Saturday, July sixth. So that's when I'll okay. be there. Any any tips on the Luxor draw? I, I I think you've mentioned the Luxor before. Uh, this. Wait, you're staying, the, you're staying at the Luxor? Don't go to the. I show. know Don't for go at least. <laughs> I know I'm staying at the Luxor at least like Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, I, I would have. I mean, I would avoid Saturday. that. Let me let me tell you the last. I haven't been there in ages, but let me tell. You, I have a friend. Who, uh, anyway, guys, I, I gotta run. Okay. 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 Thanks. We'll, we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks, yep. Matt. Is, is, is this the lampshade story? Oh yeah. It, actually, I did post that. Yeah. The, the, right. The missing lampshade. Right. Right. Like, like you actually imagine you check in a hotel and someone has actually stolen the lampshade, or the the maintenance has has taken out the lampshade and not bothered to put it back in. Like that. Like the the Luxor just does not have a good reputation. It's just not uh, a good property. Even back when it was built in like '93, it was not considered a. Uh, a good property. It's it's not a, a complete dump like uh, Circus Circus, but uh, uh, I I would try to find elsewhere if you can. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm coming in on the 30th, and I'm and so that's Sunday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll probably stay somewhere else, but then I have the room already Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for free. So I'm just going to take it. But um, it's not a complete shithole though, right? Like the rooms are probably clean, right? It's probably clean, but it's it's probably some maintenance issues. It's probably, uh, you know, it's it's just old. It's just the it's just it's just uh, not a nice place. I, I you, you could right. do much better there without spending a fortune. Like like right. the, the, let me tell you about the Rio, for example. The Rio definitely has its flaws. In some ways, there's tons of maintenance problems. In some ways, it's run down. But uh, you know, the the rooms itself, the rooms are big. Uh, it, the convenience is. Obviously, the the huge thing over there, and right. uh, it, it's something I could stand staying at the Rio without feeling like, well, I'm in a shithole. I, I don't know about the Luxor. I don't know if I could stand the Luxor. 
Like I, I couldn't go to the yeah. quad, and, and like if I was in the quad, which is the former Imperial Palace, that I I couldn't stand right. it, even if it was convenient. The Rio is like kind of about the minimum of where I could stand being. Yeah, the the, Re- the Rio is not that bad. I stayed there uh, not last year, but the year before, and I mean, the rooms, yeah, they were a little little bit older, probably nineties or something. Yeah, I don't even 90s, know when yeah. it when they're nineties and kind of poorly maintained, but uh, but they're not dirty. They're just uh, kind of no. poorly maintained, and but they are big at least so. They're huge. It was like the size of a suite almost. Um, yeah. I mean, I had a huge room. It was re- it was clean, and you know, like you said, the um, you don't have to travel far. You just walk downstairs, and you're there. You don't have to worry about finding parking in the parking lot, and you know, dealing with any of that crap or driving over there. But the other place I was maybe going to stay is um, possibly uh, Planet Hollywood. How's Planet Hollywood? I did not ever stay there. My sister stayed there. Now she was disappointed by it a lot because she. She didn't know much about Planet Hollywood, and she happened to choose a weekend to go to Vegas when something else was going on there and everything was expensive. She should pay like $258 there and expected right. it to be some nice place. And she got there, and she, yeah, she said it was very ordinary and not, yeah, not great and not nice. But, but, but it wasn't, she's like, it wasn't a terrible place. It wasn't a dump. It just wasn't a nice place, not what you expect for $258. I'm like, oh my God, $258. No wonder you were disappointed. There must have been right. some like big convention there you didn't know about. Like, no, nobody would ever pay uh, two fifty eight, but yeah, I, I'd say that's like a middle hotel. Like that, there I wouldn't. There, like that's a lot better than the Luxor, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. People are asking in the chat, what do you think's the best bang for your buck besides the Rio? Like, come you know, World Series of Poker time for any hotel, like in the Vegas Strip or whatever in that area. Well, it's a, see, it depends how far you want to be. Like, like for example, the uh, the former Las Vegas Hilton knows LVH. Like, if you stay in the Newer towers there, like th- th- those aren't bad, but they're so far off. Like you know, do you really want to be all the way over there? So well, if you get yeah, if you're taking cabs, I don't think it would be good. But I mean, I'll have a rental car, so I don't really care where I stay. I don't mind driving over to the Rio. Just yeah, and, get my uh, mind clear before I play. I haven't been there in a long ride. time, so maybe that went downhill too. Jay Stat saying in the chat, Caesar's Palace is a dump now. It used to be the place to go. I don't agree. I don't think it's a dump. I think Caesar's is still very nice as long as you stay out of the Roman Tower uh, and, and the Forum yeah. Tower. If you get in Augustus, uh, Octavius, or Palace, those are all good towers. Those are very nice rooms there. Uh, not not super luxury rooms, but they're they're very nice. And uh, far better than anything else that Caesars, as a corporation, has to offer. Uh, there are a lot of fails over there. There's a lot of stupid operational mistakes they make. And I, I've been the victim of just about all of them by now. But uh, um, as far as the rooms themselves, no complaints. I, I think the, the rooms in those newer towers are, are big and they're nice and they're, they're well kept up. So that's, that's my – you know, I have a lot of criticisms for Caesars, but that's, that's not one of them. I think the rooms are very nice. So, okay. Um, let, let me uh, let's move to the next topic here, which is oh um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time discussing this, but uh, have you considered? Do I hear a mouse in the background? It's it's my dog. He's got a um, he's got a toy and he's just absolutely destroying the thing, right. just squeezing the squeezy part. I got the so weirdest sounds on here. I got to try and get it get it away from him here. <laughs> I get the weirdest sounds on this show. Yeah, I think I need Benjamin to come in to complete the whole thing. <laughs> you know, you know what's it's some of the things he says just to shock me. I, I was actually driving, uh, driving up to daycare, and it, it requires a, an altitude change of about a thousand feet in the uh, secret location, for, from the secret location where he is to the daycare. And he said, as we were driving down the hill, we're driving down a thousand feet. 
I said, what? Did, did a two-year-old really just tell me we're driving down a thousand feet, talking about the thousand feet, thousand foot altitude change? Right. And, and, and he, he was, but he wasn't. He, he doesn't know the number a thousand. He doesn't exactly know what right. he's saying, but he heard, he must have heard this at some point, like a long time ago, and remembered. And just remembered. And remembered yeah. and told me we're driving down a thousand feet. It's so strange to hear that type of thing from a from a two year old. He does this all the it, time. It just he, it shocks you, right? Almost. He, I, he just remembers everything. I mean, he has an amazing memory, and, and he remembers not only the statements but like what they're referring to, and then he'll repeat them back, and, and like it's it's unbelievable. Uh, some of the things that he uh, that that he says. So uh, anyway. Have you considered getting Google Glass? I haven't really looked into it, but um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's going to be the wave of the future. I don't know. I I read up on it briefly, so I don't know exactly what it's going to do. But um, I don't know. Maybe if it, when maybe when the price comes down, isn't it pretty expensive to start? I don't know the, the price, but be, yeah, it's. Uh... I heard between like a thousand and two thousand, maybe. Probably it, it 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 kind of makes people look like cyborgs, in my opinion. But right. uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, it is kind of the sci-fi future that we always saw as a kid, and um, you know, where people have something like some weird device like that on and and have access to all kinds of information. So I mean, it's kind of common. You know, it, we we have self-driving cars. In fact, I'm not going to play it on the radio because this wouldn't work well on radio. But our our uh, Listener and user JSTAT actually recorded a Google self-driving car passing him on the freeway at 80 miles per hour. Wouldn't that kind of freak you out to 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 have a car passing you on the freeway at 80 miles per hour and you look over and there's no driver, there's no one in it? What are the legalities of that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. Like, how could a self-driving car actually be speeding? Right. Wouldn't that, of all things, be able to control itself? Yeah, obviously, it doesn't get right. impatient. Obviously, it doesn't need to be yeah. anywhere quickly. <laughs> right? Why is that speeding? But uh, uh, it's just so weird. Like, I just—I don't think I could accept that. Seeing cars pass me on the road with no driver. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But there it is, it's in like... 2013, a freaking car passing you on the freeway with no driver. So this is all brought to you by Google. You know, they are the innovators in uh, our modern world, and. Uh, Casinos are not very impressed with this innovation, or at least, or maybe they are impressed and they uh, want to stop anything from occurring that they don't want to see happen. In Atlantic City, here's an article out of Atlantic City by the Associated Press. Casinos in several states are forbidding gamblers from wearing Google Glass, the tiny eyeglasses-mounted device capable of shooting photos, filming video, and surfing the Internet. Regulators say the gadgets could be used to cheat at card games. The New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement issued a directive on Monday. And this is referring to, uh, I think Monday, like about a week and a half ago. Uh, or, or I guess eight days ago, actually. Uh, ordering Atlantic City's 12 casinos to bar casino patrons from using the device. The directive was first reported by the press of Atlantic City. So not, it wasn't the casinos themselves. It's actually the uh, New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement told the casinos don't allow people to wear this in the casino. Similar probably, bans probably are in, a sm- probably a smart move. Probably smart. Similar bans are in place at casinos in Las Vegas, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Connecticut, among other places. And then here's a quote oh. from from David Rebuck, the division's director uh, uh, in uh, New Jersey. If these eyeglasses were worn during a poker game, 
They could be used to broadcast the patron's hand to a confederate or otherwise be used in a collusive manner. So uh, I think Scott Tom should purchase some of these. Yeah, that'd <laughs> be great. I wouldn't. Maybe maybe Phil Ivey will uh, take a pair and show up at Crockford's with him and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know see if he can win another ten million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that type of use would constitute a crime in New Jersey, but it would be difficult to establish beyond a reasonable doubt that the glasses were actually being used to cheat. Rebuck wrote. For that and other reasons, he decided to ban the glasses on the casino floor and anywhere else gambling is taking place. Yeah, and this is, quote, even if the glasses had not been used for cheating, their presence at a gaming table would lead to the perception that something untoward could be occurring, thereby undermining pu- public confidence in the integrity of the gaming. Uh, in a, state issued a statement issued Wednesday, Google said, we are thinking very carefully about how we design glass because new technology always raises new issues. It says its Glass Explorer pilot program will ensure our users become active participants in shaping the future of this technology. What the hell does that mean? I don't know, but I just know uh, there's going to be so many accidents with these things. People filming videos, walking into streets, just getting hit by cars, and just crazy stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, what about people wearing but... this crap driving? And they're like, uh, <laughs> you think people looking down at their phone is bad. Imagine, like, you're wearing glasses where you could just, uh, you know, move your eyes and start surfing the Internet instead of looking at the road. That's another yeah, problem. it's going to. It's going to be pretty crazy. When are these things supposed to launch? Do you have? Uh, do you know when they're supposed to be available? No, no. Maybe the chat room knows. I think they're supposed to be available pretty soon. I think the launch date was supposed to be soon, but they're going to be pretty pricey. Um, I don't know. I have to wait, see the reviews. Maybe they'll be worth. Um, maybe they'll be worth getting a pair. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, if, they, if the price goes down, I, I guess I would try them. I'm not, I'm not anti Google Glass, but I'm not going to pay over a thousand bucks for them. Right. So, uh, anyway, I agree. Uh, that, that's but you know, Google. Uh, I think they'll bring them down. They they seem to be pretty efficient with this sort of thing. Uh, so so. Uh, the New Jersey casinos must ask anyone wearing the glasses to remove them, and can kick out any customer who refuses. The prohibition against photography or video filming in the casinos is not unique to Google Glass. New Jersey regulators require five days advance notice and explicit approval from the Gaming Enforcement Division for any type of photos or videos to be shot on the casino floor, and Las Vegas has similar restrictions. But as a new technology, the glasses are catching the attention of regulators who are updating their rules to keep pace. In Las Vegas, Caesars Entertainment and MGM Resorts have directed their security workers to ask patrons to remove the devices before beginning to gamble. Caesar spokesman Gary Thompson said Las Vegas guests will need to take off their glasses when they hit the tables. Gaming regulations pre- prohibit the use of computers or recording devices while gambling, so guests can't wear Google, Google Glass while they're gambling, Thompson said. The devices will also not be able to be used in showrooms. <laughs> so they, they don't even want you recording like Elton John and then putting it on the internet. Like they're, they're, yeah, I think strip clubs are banning them too. <laughs> yes. I should start you know, sending out uh, people you, you from... Go in there and just take a ton of videos. Yeah, you know? we should have people from Poker Frottler start doing that. Just show up at strip clubs on Google Glass and then uh, post the videos on the site. But that would get us some more traffic. <laughs> uh, gaming regulations prohibit... Oh, we already read that. The edict will also be applied at casinos in Cincinnati and Cleveland. In Pennsylvania, state regulators plan to, ad- plan to advise its 11 casinos that an existing regulation prohibiting gamblers from using electronic devices at a table game also applies to the Google Glass, a Pennsylvania Gaming Control Board spokesman said Wednesday. Mohegan Sun in Connecticut also bans the devices on the casino floor. So, 
Can't blame him. I have to admit, I, I wouldn't want someone with that at my poker table. Right. So, that's the story with the Google Glass. Don't wear it to the casino. Even though you might think it'll look cool, the casino won't see it that way. So the World Series of Poker, uh, always trying to come up with new ways to uh, get in the news. They are inviting Kobe Bryant, or have invited Kobe Bryant, to play the World Series of Poker main event in Jerry Buss's place. Of course, Jerry Buss, the now-deceased owner of the, the L.A. Lakers. He was a longtime owner of the team. He died in February of 2013. Big, big enthusiast for poker. Uh, in fact, I, I can verify from personal interaction with him that he was more into poker than when he was into the Lakers in the final years. He was really, really huge into poker. He even ran a charity tournament at uh, the bike every year called the Bus Mariani uh, Charity Tournament. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about Jerry Bus. Seems like a decent guy. Uh, but the World Series of Poker. Uh, let me let me get to this exact tweet here. And uh, they they really did something smart here. They tweeted on June tenth yesterday at one p.m. Poker misses Dr. Bus. Game, class. Referring to him, they hit game and class. We invite Kobe Bryant to play in tribute. Sharks versus Mamba, hashtag. And then there's a picture of Kobe Bryant's jersey sitting in a World Series chair with a bunch of World Series chips. And these are actually real World, World Series chips. These aren't some like cheap-ass chips that they uh, put for show. And a picture of Jerry Buss next to them. So, um, a website called LakersNation.com was very impressed by this. And they wrote, While Bryant responded that he won't be able to attend the event due to his recovery from Achilles surgery, it was an incredible gesture by the World Series of Poker. Well, it was an incredible gesture, but not on the, uh, not for Dr. Buss and not for Kobe Bryant. It was an incredible gesture for their own publicity's sake. This was what you call a win-win situation. If Kobe can't do it, you look really good and classy for offering this. If Kobe can do it, it's huge. Then there's a lot more coverage of the World Series with someone like Kobe Bryant playing. I mean, I just played the Limit Hold'em event with Earl Barron. But you have to be a big fan of basketball to know who Earl Barron is. He's not Kobe Bryant by any means. And, uh, you know, you have Kobe Bryant playing at the World Series... That would create a lot of buzz. You have Kobe Bryant playing at the World Series as a tribute to Dr. Jerry Buss. That creates even more buzz. Everyone's going to be talking about it. I bet they get a lot more people entering, including people who are entering hoping to end up at a table playing poker with Kobe Bryant. I mean, he's a huge star. So uh, the World Series, if he says yes, that's really, really great. If he says no, they they come off looking uh, classy and respectful towards Dr. Dr. Buss, who's a very popular figure. So this was something that was very, very self-serving on the part of the World Series. Smart, but self-serving. So when looking at this, you have to say, whoever came up with this idea was smart from a business standpoint, a PR standpoint. In fact, uh, if I had to guess, I'd say this is Seth Polanski's idea. And uh, whoever came up with this idea is doing their job right at the World Series. Not going to take anything away from them there. But uh, what they were not doing was uh, something that was selfless, or something that was being done out of respect. Remember, the World Series is a business. 
and businesses do what is always best for the business, or at least they try. And this definitely was. I, I, bet, I, I bet you one way or another, Jeffrey Pollock's going to find a way to take credit for this, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Jeffrey Pollock. You know, I'm glad he's out of the World Series. That, that guy was a real piece of work. And the, you know, and then, you know, he really got to show his true colors when he went over to the Epic Poker League. You know, I, I was uh, I was hating on Jerry, Jeffrey Pollock before everyone else was. When everyone else was loving him, I was hating on him because, you know, he broke a promise to me about getting right. a press pass where he wanted me to take some pictures down off Neverwin Poker. I did. Promised us a press pass the next year and then pretended he never promised it. And I thought that was re- really crappy of him. Uh, props sure. to Seth Polanski. Who, uh, when I asked him to issue a pass, both for the previous website I was involved with and this website, because I have a media pass right now, instead of saying no, he said this. <laughs> and that's, uh, in Seth Lancey's language, yes. So he, uh, he made it happen. And uh, so if this was his idea, good job from a business standpoint, but uh, it's, you know, don't say, oh, the World Series is so classy, oh, the World Series respects Dr. Buss so much. It's not about that. It's about looking good for publicity's sake. So, always keep in mind when you see things like that. Uh, I wonder if they're going to, I wonder if they're going to go down the line and see if, like, you know, maybe they'll invite Kareem or, you know, a legend <laughs> like Mark Madsen or something, you know? <laughs> maybe um, they'll just, yeah, they'll just keep asking Lakers players so they get down to uh, the 12th man on the roster and then they'll uh, see if he'll I, play. I mean, they should. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, it'd be great publicity for them, especially with them, you know, like you said, anyone that's a huge Laker fan, and there's a lot of Lakers fans in Vegas, people will make the trek from California just to sit with, you know, a favorite Laker or something that they idolize, and, you know, plus they're launching WSOP.com. So, I mean, either way, I mean, just with them inviting Kobe is is enough, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do have somebody come in. Um, in yeah, his place. Like why, not, why not get like Steve Blake or something? I bet he'd do it. For sure. <laughs> what else is Steve Blake going to be doing in, in July? So uh, I, I actually don't believe that Kobe is not doing it because of his uh, Achilles recovery. I, I think the reason Kobe's not doing it is, as far as I know, Kobe is not a poker player. I haven't heard about him being in home games or anything. So he probably really sucks at poker. And uh, he probably doesn't even enjoy poker. Knows he's not good at it. And Kobe is a very, very competitive guy. Whether you like Kobe or hate him, He's very, very competitive. He works very, very hard. Uh, and uh, this is someone who doesn't like to be embarrassed. And this is not someone who uh, wants to be seen by the public as sucking at something. And um, yeah. so, so I, I don't see him. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see Kobe going and playing and being a donkey at the World Series and the public reporting on all the dumb hands he plays, all the stupid moves he makes in poker. Like Kobe, he wants to only be seen things he's good at he doesn't want right. to be the, the clown of the poker table so that yeah, yeah. The, the recovery from surgery is a good excuse but you know I, I bet they could find a guy in the lakers who isn't as famous as kobe and uh is probably better at poker you know really like a steve blake type i don't know if steve blake plays but someone like him uh right. th- that would go do it and could play it say they're doing it for dr bus and it would look great so anyway um Next story. Tiffany Michelle. Remember her? I remember Tiffany Michelle. Tiffany Michelle, yeah. Uh, Tiffany Michelle, you know, when the PPA goes out and says poker isn't gambling, poker is a game of skill, all you need to do is think of Tiffany Michelle in 2008. And she finished 17th out of 6,000-something people. 
And uh, here, this this is uh, one of the nice Tiffany Michelle moments here. Play players left. Can't blame Sneed. Any decision at this point of the tournament is a huge decision. I got a clock. Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Honey, I'm short and time's running and you've been taking a long time, so. Sorry. <laughs> She's called. <laughs> Tiffany Michelle calling a clock on uh, on a play, Paul player Sneed. next to uh, Paul Sneed next to her. When uh, Scott Montgomery is doing a, an epic bluff with ace high, no draw, and Sneed has uh, just top pair of crappy kicker, and so so it look, what looks like you know, they edit on ESPN, but what looks like a fairly short time, she says, "Can I get a clock?" And then he's, he's like, "Are you serious?" And then her her response is, "I got a clock." Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Honey, I'm short and time's running and you've been taking a long time, so. Well, I <laughs> honey, <laughs> I like think she calls him honey, and apparently she wasn't even really short when this was happening. Sorry. Wow, I can't believe she's calling the clock at this stage of the tournament. Tiffany's within her rights, but it ain't right. Only a twelve million dollar pot. She calls the clock. Yeah, Tiffany's got fifty big blinds left, and she is not in the hand. Now extra pressure on Sneed. Yeah, she had fifty big blinds, and she's saying she's short. Yeah, that was great. It's about math. I have to call. If it's about survival, I should fold. Need certainly no newcomer to poker. What's it about? He understands there are make-or-break moments in every tournament. This may be his here in the main event. This is a make-or-break moment for Scott Montgomery, too. Clock running out. The call. And Sneed oh. makes the tough call. Oh. This is where Scott Montgomery donks him and gets the freaking ace. But anyway... Uh, I'm not gonna play the rest of it, but um, oh, you got you got to you got to play the best part when he starts screaming that he has him. I got okay. him. Montgomery doesn't like that. I got him. Come on, baby. I got him. <laughs> He's got him. Oh, sheepishly turns over his ace four. I, I love that in tournaments where people sheepishly turn over the hand, like uh, you know, you call them and then you're expecting them to flip over the nuts after you make a tough call, and they're like just sitting there. Like after right. a few seconds pass, I know. Oh, sweet, I've got him. But then I want right. him to turn it over because I'm curious. I'm curious, like how badly I have him crushed. So that was one of those moments. So anyway, um, let me tell you some more about Tiffany Michelle in that World Series in 2008. Uh, everyone knows about the Sam, uh, the, that Sam Sneed, Paul Sneed moment, where uh, she called the clock on him. But what people don't really remember that well was the whole story behind her wearing an ultimate bet cap. Now, first of all, this was after the scandal. This was the 2008 World Series, meaning summer 2008. Uh, the UB scandal broke in, like, January 2008. So that's the first problem. But put that aside for a moment. Let's, let's just pretend UB is an okay company, which it wasn't, but let's pretend it was. That wasn't the biggest problem. Do you remember, China Maniac, how Tiffany Michelle bought into this World Series? Uh, yeah, to- didn't Tony G and Poker News stake her? Right. Tiffany Michelle did interviews for Poker News. In fact, she did one with me that year in 2008. She was doing the Poker News interviews in 2008. She somehow talked Tony G into doing a very generous thing and buying her in to the main event. And, of course, she was wearing the Poker News gear, but, yeah, that's not very valuable at the beginning of the tournament. 
even on a, a young girl, it's still not that valuable. It's not worth $10,000 to Poker News. Tony G did it because he was nice, because Tiffany Michelle worked hard over the summer doing these interviews and did a fairly good job. And, uh, you know, Tony G was appreciative, so he's like, okay, here's a $10,000 gift for you. Tony G's rich. He, he did it, okay? Um, whenever a site buys you in and you're wearing their gear... What they're really hoping for is you make it really deep and get a lot of coverage, and then there's a lot of pictures of you wearing their gear. That's the value. The value is not the first two days. So here Tiffany Michelle, by some fluke, makes it super deep in the World Series main event 2008, ultimately finishing 17th. You will see in this video I just played, you can just Google Tiffany Michelle, you'll find all kinds of videos on her. You will find she is wearing ultimate bet and only ultimate bet. She's not wearing poker news. So. She has a, a a hat that says Sorry. Yeah, it says ultimate bet and, and a shirt with a, an ultimate bet patch. No poker news. So so wait a minute. How does she have on ultimate bet gear when they didn't buy her in? When poker news bought her in? Well, the reason is that in the middle of the tournament, her then boyfriend Hollywood Dave, who was associated with Ultimate Bet, who was a pro there, got Tiffany Michelle a deal to become a, a UB pro. So UB, part of the deal was that she wear UB gear during her deep run in the main event, which obviously they want because it gets them a lot of exposure. Only problem was she already had a sponsor. So she told Poker News, tough luck. I'm with UB now. Taking off your stuff. Put it on the UB stuff when it really counts. And Tony G could not believe it. She literally bit the hand that fed her. And that that's pretty ballsy to do. That's that's uh that that's a really crappy thing to do. That right. that's really just uh slapping the face of, of someone who did something nice for you. She shouldn't have been in the tournament at all. She it wasn't her money. Tony G put up his money, or at least poker news is money, and and she ditches their gear when she gets deep in the event so she can wear UB and get a sponsorship there. And the funny thing was Tony G said, I was in the middle of arranging a sponsorship for her with Poker Stars, where she wears both Poker Stars and Poker News. And uh, she jumped the gun and went to UB and said, screw Poker Stars. And he claims the Poker Stars deal would have been worth more. So <laughs> whether that was true or not, it doesn't matter. This is really crappy. So the reason I'm revisiting this five-year-old ancient history on Tiffany Michelle is, is to put some context for what she's writing currently on Twitter. So I'm going to read the, uh, the the back and forth here. Not a very long back and forth, but a, a back and forth with uh, Tiffany Michelle and ex-boyfriend Hollywood Dave Stan. So uh, going to that thread right now. So uh, she tweeted on uh, June 7th, wishing my ex the best of luck in his World Series of Poker tournament today. I hope he takes it down, dot, 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 and then pays me the $20,000 he's owed me for five years. Now, obviously, that was about Hollywood Dave, if you follow Tiffany Michelle at all, because uh, that's when they were together. And uh, you know, she's talking about her ex. There was no significant ex in 2008 of hers other than him. And he was uh, tweeting all over the place that he was playing that event, that horse event. So... Um, he responded to um, to her. Where is it here? 
I didn't even know he responded. He responded. I, uh, I got to find it. I saw the tweet and I read about it, but I didn't see that he responded. Yeah, he he responded. Oh, um, let me go to it. He did respond. Here we go. Tiffany Michelle, would you like me to release the emails where we very clearly define the terms that have not yet been met? Stay classy, X. <laughs> so. He was saying in this tweet that they ha- he has emails from her where they define some terms under which she'll be paid and that uh, they haven't been met yet. So that's why she hasn't been paid and, uh, and was giving her a hard time for, uh, for trying to humiliate him like this. Now, at first when I read this, I thought what some other people thought that, uh, you know, what are the terms of being paid back? Like, uh, you know, I-, I think it's messed up, for example, if you break up with someone and and they owe you 20k and they say okay you better not say anything bad about me to your friends or I'm not paying you the 20k and then if they find out you said some bad things to your friends then uh, they won't pay you well that's not fair because that's not their right to punish you that way if you owe you owe the money you owe it so at first i was thinking you know as much as i hate to and even though i like hollywood dave you know he's yes he's a douchebag on tv but you know in person he's actually a nice guy i actually like him in person um i've even got to dodger games with the guy before but as much as i liked him i was thinking it it looks like here he's acknowledging the money's owed. And I, I don't care what terms there are here. It looks like he's probably in the wrong. But um, I found out a little bit more. I'm not going to reveal what I found out because uh, it would be violating someone's privacy. But I would go as far to say that it was not the way that tweet makes it sound. It wasn't terms like, hey, you better do this or I'm not giving you back your money. It was that there is an agreement between the two of them regarding whether the money is owed or not, and under what circumstances it's owed or not. And, uh, and those circumstances haven't been met. So, so for example, um, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but I'm just giving a, an example so you guys can understand kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, let, let's say I owe China Maniac $20,000. And then uh, China Maniac gets in some uh, big uh, controversy on the Internet. And uh, on 2 plus 2, say, for example. And I sit there day and night for two weeks defending China Maniac and actually helping him out by defending him and actually turning some people towards his side. And, and eventually the, the public sentiment on 2 plus 2 uh, changes and people like China Maniac again. Uh, partially thanks to my help there in the threat. And my tireless posting on his behalf for two weeks. And then he, he emails me, You know what, Todd? You were such a good friend to me. I know you owe me 20K, but uh, just forget it. The 20K is gone. You don't owe it to me anymore because of what you did there. Well, once he's done that, I don't know what anymore. That's it. Now, if Chinese Maniac years later comes to me and says, hey, where's that 20K you owe me? I say, wait a minute, you, you just told me I don't owe it anymore. You told me, I, I, I mean, now, now, of course, if I feel bad for him that he's having, you know, fallen on hard times and we're still friends, you know, and, I wanna, and, and I feel I should pay him the money anyway, fine. But uh, the point is, once you dismiss it, once you say, you don't owe me this money anymore, you don't owe the person that money anymore. Now I can tell. Don't try to extrapolate from the story. You know, it wasn't that Hollywood Dave defended Tiffany Michelle somewhere, and and that got him out of owing the money. It wasn't that. I just made this up off the top of my head. But uh, there there was a situation where they had certain agreements of, under you know which circumstances he would owe the money, and which he wouldn't. And and um, you know Hollywood Dave actually has emails that where she's saying essentially you don't owe me the money. And now she's saying, you owe me the money, probably because he's broke. 
I'm guessing since she hasn't had any kind of poker score since 2008, and um, since UB is no longer paying her, and since I, I don't believe she has any kind of a well-paying gig since then, I have to imagine that uh, 20k would mean a lot to her at this point. That's why I think she's so, so you him. so you think that was part of the terms that she said that he didn't have to pay her or I, I believe I I have not seen these emails, but I believe that she actually agreed that he does not have to pay her that this is not a debt at this time. Right. I wonder why. I, I'd like to hear the whole backstory of. I, I know more yeah. than I'm revealing here, but um, I, I will say I didn't right. see the emails. I know more than I'm revealing. But I will say that, uh, from what I can tell, he's in the right. If someone says you don't owe them the money anymore, then you don't owe the money anymore. And I don't mean under duress. I don't mean he's threatening her like, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to release nude pictures of you unless you let me off the money. Okay, okay, you don't owe me. It wasn't like that. There, there was no right. threats. There was no coercion. There was no blackmail. Nothing like that. Someone, you know, where, where someone voluntarily says, you don't owe me the money anymore. It's done. For whatever reasons, which I, I mean, I'm not going to go into. Uh, then it should be done. And then you have, you know, it would be nice maybe if they pay you, if you're still on good terms and they like you and, you know, they feel bad for you if you're struggling, whatever. But, but you know, at that point, you can't say it's an unpaid debt. You can't say it's money that has been owed to you for five years. When you come out and say on Twitter that your ex has owed you 20 k for five years and that person is holding an email saying, you don't owe me this money, that's pretty crappy. So, um, yeah, Tiffany Michelle... I, I think she's just doing this to try I don't know what I don't know if she was bitter about this I don't know if she's regretting That uh, that he doesn't have to pay I, I don't know what the hell it is But uh, She shouldn't be doing this and Especially not in public If for some reason she's regretting Whatever she agreed to She should go to him privately And say hey let's talk about this again Hey I'm really struggling Hey I need this money Hey can you give me something Like uh, yeah, It should be something like that and, and by the way It's not like Hollywood Dave Is a, is a multimillionaire Hollywood Dave uh, hasn't made a secret that he's, uh, you know, he's not a rich guy. He, he's a grinder like everybody else. And, uh, you know, he has his good times and bad times. But uh, this is not some rich guy who can just drop 20K and not care. So, anyway, I, I have to say I've taken his side on this. And uh, <laughs> uh, Jay Stat says in the chat, I deleted Tiffany Michelle's tweet against Hollywood Dave after she posted a picture from her home on a Vegas golf course with a glass of wine. <laughs> you know, I know someone, I'm not going to say who it is, but I, here's another Tiffany Michelle story. Tiffany Michelle uh, was invited somewhere by someone I know. Someone who thought Tiffany Michelle was their friend. And uh, Tiffany Michelle did not respond. Just, just totally ignored the invitation. And the person was very insulted. And they're saying, you know, I don't know what I did to Tiffany Michelle. I was always nice to her. I always thought we were cool. I thought we were friends. I, like, I, I don't know what... You know, like, if the person was very hurt by it. And I told the person, don't be. Tiffany Michelle is just a very, very self-centered person. She only thinks of herself. And I guarantee she got that and forgot about it. And that was it. That really everything in her life she does... To benefit herself Doesn't really think about other people Doesn't really care about other people And that, they, what she did with Poker News is a good example UB was offering her money right now to wear the cap She didn't care Tony G did something nice for her and bought her in She just uh, she wore the UB cap Took Poker News off Like That's what you do if you don't have a conscience about like Hurting other people 
or, or biting the hand that feeds you. I could never do something like that. If I, something was nice enough, someone, someone or something was nice enough to buy me into a tournament, there's no way I, I then uh, take off their cap, take off their gear, and put on some other gear because someone pays me more. Once I agree, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing that she, uh, you know, totally reneged on the sponsor. You know, went the other way. I could see wearing like a double patch, like you said, like poker stars willing to do. But that's pretty crappy to do something like that. And I have a question: Did she wind up paint? Did she? She had to give probably Tony G fifty fifty, right? No, I don't think she gave anything. I think she kept it all herself. I think. Oh, I so think, he just. He he just it was just a hundred percent stake for. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think he just bought her in. I think that was the biggest problem. Okay. Yeah, and uh, um, by, by the way, Sidewinder saying in chat, there's no way they were really boyfriend-girlfriend. He probably paid her to be his pretend girlfriend to up his poker celebrity status. Actually not true, and uh, when they got together, she actually didn't have any kind of poker celebrity. She was a nobody. Uh, she was just a poker news reporter, right? She wasn't even that yet. She was really oh, okay. a total nobody in, in poker. So uh, they, they were really together. It was a legitimate relationship. I knew them both. Uh, so... There's no nothing that was phony about that, and uh, and you know a lot of people don't like Hollywood Dave, especially because of his UB association. And I never agreed to the with the UB association, and I, I gave him a hard time about this in person when we'd hang out. Uh, but uh, aside from that, uh, Hollywood Dave is actually a much nicer guy and better guy than he appears to be on TV. He he purposely plays like the the young punk, even though he's not very young. He's actually only a few years younger than me, but uh, he he tries to play like the young punk role on TV. Right, probably so, from mar- trying to market himself. Yeah, know? that's what it is. He's trying. He was getting a. Uh, it's like the persona he's playing, but the persona he plays on right. TV is not who he really is. And uh, you know, he, this is actually someone before I knew him. I, I when I heard I'm going to meet Hollywood Dave, I thought oh, I'm never going to like this guy. I thought this is going to be someone I definitely not going to like. But I was very surprised right. that I did like him. So yeah, I met, I met him once very briefly, just for um, like a minute or two at the World Series. Seemed seemed like a real nice guy to me. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Yeah. So you can't oh, really. One other question about Tiffany Michelle: Does she still actively play poker? Like, does no. she like play cash games a lot? Any, anything like that? No. I know she was like on TV and she had a couple of other things going on, but has she ever like actively tried to like play poker after that score? Like, a little bit. I, I think UB was paying for her to enter some tournaments or whatever. But uh, uh, Tiffany right. Michelle, uh, the poker thing was, uh, the, you know, she just really lucked into it. We're uh, with literally lucked into it with the World Series in two thousand eight. Uh, Tiffany Michelle is someone who has a little bit of talent in a lot of areas, but not enough talent to succeed in any of them. For example, uh, she's been in a number of TV shows and bit parts. For example, I remember when I was watching Nip Tuck, I saw her in a bit part there. I couldn't believe it. There's Tiffany Michelle. Um, she, she's she she sings. I, I I haven't heard her sing, but someone who heard her sing told me it wasn't very good. But uh, um, yeah, she's not terrible, but but obviously nowhere close to where she could ever uh, sell any albums. There's uh, just nothing to put her over the top. Yeah, then, then like as far as her looks, like she's she, yeah she's a decent looking girl, but she's not beautiful. Like she's not she's not going to be some drop dead gorgeous girl that's going to get all these modeling jobs. Like again, decent but not great. Like it's, it's like that's pretty much her whole story in a lot of things. Decent but not great. Which uh, you know when you're decent at a lot of things but not great at anything, then yeah. You know, Really, what you have to do then is just go into some conventional career. That's really your only choice uh, um, if you can't find something you're talented enough at to make a lot of money at in, in some, some kind of specialized field. Now, I know in acting, a lot of that is luck and connections, too, but, uh, um, you know, whatever. She didn't have the luck and connections. And, uh, you know, she tried very hard. 
it just didn't get there. And I'm not not criticizing you for that because it's very, very, very hard to make it in the acting world. A, a tiny percentage of actors make it. The rest of them uh, somewhere are somewhere between complete failure and moderate failure. Uh, I, I guess we I guess we <laughs> someone's someone's saying we've played her songs before on the previous radio show I was part of. That's possible. Sounds like something I would do. If I, if I thought about it, I would have it ready, but I don't. What kind of music did she do? I, like, like, I, I can't picture her doing any type of music. You know, I don't remember the music anymore. I wish I could describe it. I don't remember it anymore. Right. Yeah, so, anyway. That's that's the story of Tiffany Michelle. I, I, I'm on Hollywood side on this one. Okay, so uh, China Maniac, we can talk about this one together. Uh, how to improve the World Series. And this is really our last uh, main topic of the show, in case we get phone calls or whatever, Bad Guy 23 wants to call in, but I want to talk about how they can improve the World Series both logistically and play-wise. Now, you already threw in one suggestion. Make it earlier in the year. I agree. Vegas is a brutal place to be in July. June, too, but July it is just so bad. During the main event, I mean, there's so yeah. many consecutive main events now where it's like 113 degrees. And when it's 113 degrees outside, I don't care if it's dry heat. You walk outside to 113 degrees, it's like a wall of heat. It really is like a wall of heat hits you. And the only thing is, what about, is it still like piping hot in August? Yes. Okay, see, the only thing that I, I could see is um, why they have it in June. A lot of people, you know, people that have families maybe can't make it for that full month um you know, during like a school year if they have kids. So, I mean, that could affect it a little bit, even though, you know, a majority of the players there are probably, you know, are able to get out there for as long as they, you know, for long stretches. But June just seems like, for the that, that's just like one of the only reasons I can think of. All the kids are out of school and people can take longer vacations and afford to spend more time and money there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Because, really, the the weather is just... And it, yes, you're not playing outside unless they put up another stupid poker tent. But but still, it, it detracts from the ability to enjoy Vegas. And if you live in Vegas, it's fine. You know, who cares? But uh, if, you, if you don't live in Vegas and you, you want to combine it into a Vegas vacation, then it's really starting right. to be limited what you could do. And I, I thought about this, actually. You know, when... when uh, Benjamin and his mother were were there this past weekend in Vegas with me. I had to I had to come up with some things to do. It was 109 degrees. We can't go outside. We actually did go outside. We swam in the pool. Ben, ben actually swam in a, a pool for the first time in his life. Nice. But uh, uh, you know, the, other than going in the pool, there's really not that much you can do when it's 109 degrees. And uh, it's so nice in Vegas in April and May. It's so nice there, right. and and you, people would enjoy it so much more. When you can walk around and you can walk outside sure. at night at 75 degrees and the weather's beautiful. Like, that would be one way they could just improve not so much the World Series itself, but the experience of being in Vegas for the World Series. I, I totally agree with that one. Uh, right. But well, one, one other thing, they, another reason why they probably like having it when it's really hot, it keeps you inside and it keeps you gambling. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be outside doing things. So. Maybe, that's, maybe that's why they do it. That, that's a good point. For the casinos side, yeah, you know, I mean, true. that makes sense, but for sure not for the player. Uh, another idea to improve the World Series here uh, logistically is, uh, I've said this before, 
they need to have uh, better organization when things change. They need to, uh, for example, if your table changes, they they need to either make repeated announcements over and over every two minutes for the you know for, for the first half hour of the tournament, or or put signs you know quickly print out signs and put them up. They don't have to be professional looking signs. Just print out papers and put them up. Uh, um, all over the place, saying if you were at such and ta- such and such tables, you're moved here. Communicate to the players. It, it happens so often where tables get moved and players show up and can't find their table. They're at the wrong table. And they don't know where to go. Now I haven't been the victim of this yet. I was plenty last year. This year I haven't been yet. But I've had the reverse where I've been at the table, and players show up with a seating card saying they're sitting at our table for a new tournament, where, where clearly they won't be sitting there because we're cur- we're playing a current tournament there. And uh, and these people have no idea where to go, and the dealer often has no idea where to send them. This is not hard stuff for them to figure out. This is not hard stuff for them to implement. It's not hard to print up some papers and post them up when you move tables, you move someone's starting table. It's not hard to make an announcement every two minutes if you're a table such and such. Like like one of the days, the new plan was if you, whatever table you were at, subtract two hundred, and that's your new table. So if you're at two fifty, you're now at table fifty. Great, that's easy. Problem was they weren't announcing this much. They announced it once in a while. Announce this every two minutes for the first half hour of the tournament. Yeah, it'll bug people in the room, but it's better than people walking around aimlessly and, and constantly interrupting play with, the is this the Omaha 8 or better tournament? I, it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like holding. Like, you know, that interrupts the game much more than announcements right. would be. They just they just can't get that right, and I don't know why. Um, next thing to improve logistically. Have all the cashiers open during anticipated high-volume times, and in fact, open up other cashiers. Now, you can't just open up cashiers anywhere because there's a security element to it, but there are many cashier windows that could be opened throughout the Rio that aren't. Sometimes, in fact, not all of them were even open in the World Series area. They need to fully staff the cashier windows during the expected heavy times, meaning the day of a big tournament, like one of those big 1500 events, or uh, or the and the night before a big tournament, especially the day of, they just aren't doing it. People were complaining this year at the Millionaire Maker event that there were cashiers that were closed. How could that be? How could they not have them all open? And yet there's right. like hours long lines. Mm-hmm. Like like how do you make that mistake? How, how do you think? How do you know you're going to get six thousand people in your tournament and not staff a full group of cashiers? Now, how how far did that line run from, I know what the cashier thing is, but did it go, like, all the way up that long hallway? Yes, and it snaked, too. Oh, wow. It was literally That's hours really long. Bad. It was literally hours long. Yeah. yeah, I've sat in a line with, like, 40, 50 people. You know, and it it moves slow, but you get through it. It no, no, doesn't this, take that this was long. was much, much worse. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying I can't imagine a line going all the way up and snaking around that hallway. It was horrendous. Uh, yeah, that's really bad. Yeah, so and they didn't have all the cashiers open. So, so you know, these are simple concepts. These are simple things to predict. And if, speaking of predictions, that brings me to my next suggestion. Leave yourself with room for error. If you think your tournament's going to get 6,000 people, then prepare for 8,000. Don't prepare for 6,000. Prepare for 8,000. Prepare for something that is so high that for it to exceed that number would be shocking. I would say exceeding 8,000 for that one would be pretty shocking. Exceeding 6,000, not shocking at all. That, that was everyone's yeah. guess. The over-under was around 6,000. 
So, so why only prepare for six thousand? Why, why go to pieces when it becomes sixty three hundred? That's yeah, uh, always prepare for the worst. Yeah, they they don't ever do that at the World Series, which includes yeah. close down the cash games when you are having trouble finding enough tables to run. Don't keep running them because you're greedy and you want to get a few more dollars in rake. As soon as you start having a crunch for tables, as soon as you start having the running out of room situation, as soon as you're having to delay satellites or delay deep stack events, close the cash games. I, I got mad about them not doing this six years ago, and six years later, 2013, they're still not doing it. So close the cash games. Now, sometimes they'll close them in advance, but they really, really hate closing the cash games on the spot when they're having unexpected problems with space. I don't know why, but they should. I, I guess they're going to get people mad, like, oh my god, I'm stuck, you know, how can you close this? Well, tough luck. That's part of the World Series. The World Series is about tournaments. It's about bracelet events. It's secondarily about sat- satellites and deep stacks. It's not about cash games. Cash games are a bonus. They're not guaranteed to run. I think everyone will totally understand if they close down their cash game and need room. You may have a few pissed off people, but they, they won't have a right to be pissed. So, that, that's my next suggestion. Uh, another suggestion. The Poker Kitchen that is uh, right by the World Series is a ripoff. The prices are... It's like, it's like carnival prices. Yeah, they're out of this world. For example, um, I wanted a bottle of Gator, a 32-ounce bottle of Gatorade. In the store, it's like 99 cents, literally. I, I In 7-Eleven, it's even like 150 or something. I go to the Poker Kitchen... I'm very thirsty for it. I, I just, it's really, really appealing to me. I say, how much is this 32-ounce bottle of Gatorade? $6, they say. Can I afford Can I afford $6? Yes. Did I want that Gatorade? Yes. Did I put it back? Yes. Why? Out of principle. I'm not going to pay 6 bucks for Gatorade, especially after all the money they're raking from me. Don't charge 6 bucks for Gatorade. Don't, don't overprice all the food. Now, I'm not saying they should lose money. I'm not saying that this should be a bargain eatery over there. I'm saying that it should be something where it's normally priced, where they can make a profit to where no one's going to go out of their way to go there because it's so cheap. But at the same time, it's not expensive. It's not ridiculous. It's not, as you say, carnival prices. They're not charging $6 right. for, for uh, Gatorade. It just pisses people off. It actually, I think they may be hurting themselves in the long run because people will experience this and just get angry and say, I don't want to come back. And the thing is, you could probably walk over to the other side of the casino and find a little store, and it would probably be, probably be half the price. You actually can. You know? In fact, that, that's what I do. I never eat over in that poker kitchen. I always actually walk to the other side of the casino and get something for, uh, while not a bargain, uh, much cheaper. So Yeah, I think I sat down with Reggie Man, and I, I owed him a lunch. And um, I think you were with us, too, last year. And I wound up, I think it was like four, between the two of us, and we didn't get much. It was like forty-five bucks for like a couple salads, a couple drinks, and I think I got a couple five-hour energies or something. But it was like four. It was like forty-five or fifty dollars. It's yeah. just, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you don't have to gouge people everywhere. You can actually give them an okay deal sometimes and still make plenty of money there. Um, next suggestion. This is more. Uh, I wouldn't say it's kind of in between a play and logistical selection. It's more of a in, in the event. Uh, which events they run selection sort of thing. Suggestion. Okay, I got a, I got uh, a few of the a couple of things for this too. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I don't know why they killed so many limit events. Uh, I understand limit is not the game it used to be, but uh, it's popular enough. They got enough people to where it's justified with sixty-one events to have six limit events, or five limit events plus the uh, 
the mixed limit and no limit. It's not like they were getting 90 player fields and saying this has got to go. Ironically, the one event that has stayed of the three, one of the three that has stayed is the 5K limit, which does get like a hundred something people. If they got rid of that, I would actually understand. But but they actually they dropped that though. It was 10K before, wasn't right, it? Right, they dropped it, but it's, it's the same event, just less of a buy-in. But they only have three right, limit right. events this year: the 1500, the 2500 six max, and the 5K. They dropped the popular 1500 shootout. They dropped the 3000 limit. And uh, they dropped the mixed limit and no limit, which was also fairly popular. I, yeah, the, I, the mix, that that one always got at least, like, what, 700 runners or yeah, something like yeah. that? Yeah, so why are they dropping this with 61 events? Why why are they dropping these events? I just don't get it. And yet they're still uh, they're still offering pot limit hold'em, something nobody plays anymore. Right. It's it's crazy. Um, I don't like the fact that they have a 1,500 no limit event every other day. I mean... If you want to change the buy-in, fine. You want to change the structure, maybe make it a turbo or, you know, do do something different. I don't like that they award 20 bracelets for the same event like 20 times over. You yeah, you're right. I, mean? I agree with that too. It's just crazy. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's, just, it's I just don't think it's right. Another, yeah, think... another event I'd like to – I'd love to see a heads-up limit event. You know, yeah, for yeah. whatever, 5,000, 10,000, whatever they want to do, you know? Yeah, and uh, I, I, think I can, I can understand. I think they should offer it too. I can understand their refusal to offer that because it takes up a lot of tables. So so I can see where that is, it you know, creates a problem. I think they still should, should do one of them. But but I, that at least I can see. But like, why kill the shootout? Why kill the, the mixed limit, uh, mixed uh, limit, no limit? I, and I agree. There's too many fifteen hundred events, too many thousand dollar events. They they should introduce more variation to these. And, and also, um, to be honest here, if they really and they, I, they don't want to, but if they really want to make it more about skill and less about luck, they should actually. In these no limit events and limit events, for that matter, make more shootouts and fewer freezeouts. Because right. uh, if you look at the shootouts, you'll always see that the players that move, the players that cash, a very high percentage of them are good players. In right. the freezeouts, not so much. Why? Because right. it's a lot easier to survive than it is to win. And um, if you require people to win two or three times to get a bracelet. When I say times, I mean tables. Um, that really, uh, that really shows some skill. As does your ability to play both full ring and short-handed, which is what a shootout does. Shootout, you have to have skills for both, and right. um, that—that's why again, the the better players would would tend to win these. I'm not saying they should all be shootouts, but uh, that would really start to eliminate some of the luck factor. Of course, they don't want that. They don't want to eliminate the luck factor because uh, they want amateurs to win and feel like they have a chance because they, they just want a lot of entries. They don't necessarily want the best players to win. Uh, sure. and another another thing I would like to see, and this one they could actually do, I think, without really hurting the casual player as much, but I guess it would hurt them some, is to make it to where there is, uh, to where it, you start out with higher blinds, but then it moves up slower, even perhaps repeating some levels, to where every level is meaningful. The limit events are very non-meaningful in the first few hours. The no-limit yep. events, of, of course, are, have some meaning. You can bust in the first hand, but still, when the blinds are 25-25 and you have 4,500 in chips, there's typically not a lot of movement, barring some real cooler situations. 
So uh, you really should have it where if you win some medium-sized pots in the first few hours that you should be sitting on a nice chip stack, not not barely uh, scratching over the uh, the starting chips, which is frequently what happens. Um, the problem I find here, like at, the, at these both limit and no limit events of the World Series, is that um, if you uh, if you don't win some big hands at the beginning, then when the blinds go up, if you get card dead, you suddenly find yourself short stacked without even really losing any hands. Right. And and I don't think that's right. I don't think you should. Of course, you should get short stack if you're just too tight and don't play any hands, or if you just get the bad luck where every hand is jack four offsuit and you just can't really play any. You get blinded down. Fine, that's part of tournament po- tournament poker. But uh, I, I've had it many times where I I win some okay pots, not not big pots, but okay pots, and um, I feel like I should be doing well, but but I'm barely above the starting stack just because uh, when when the blinds start getting bigger, I stop getting cards, or or uh, you know the few times I try to raise, I get three bet and have to fold or. Uh, or fold the flop, and, and all of a sudden that, that eats up my profit really fast, where the beginning was pretty meaningless. So, um, yes, if you get aces against kings in the first hand and double up, that's not meaningless, but, uh, you know, barring things like that, the beginning is too meaningless, and then it moves up too quickly, and then you find yourself, you know, to where it becomes a shove fest. And it's better at the World Series than it is at, at smaller tournaments, where, where it really becomes a luck fest at the end. But uh, I think the World Series can improve on this, and they already tried this last year with a lot of success at the 5,000 Limit Hold'em event, where they, and this was a, a Negranu suggestion, and they implemented it, and it was great, where we started off at a higher limit, like 200, 400 limit we were already playing, starting with 15,000 chips, and, um, and, it, and repeated that a few times. It's like 200, 400, 200, 400, 200, 400, 300, 600, 300, 600, 400, 800, 400, 800, and then it starts moving up one, you know, once every hour. But, but you know, here it was high enough to matter, and yet um, we had enough time to where we didn't have to uh, we didn't have to chip up big immediately to have a chance. And I, I thought that was great. I thought that was a great change, and I think they should even take it further, where. Uh, um, you know, they, they make it go up slow, more slowly, but uh, but start you off a little bit higher. And the reason they don't do this is because they want everyone to feel like they're getting bang for their buck. They want everyone to feel like they're playing. They don't like people sitting down playing thirty minutes, being gone. Obviously, a no limit that's uh, something that can always happen. But they they're really trying to avoid that. They want to make people feel like they they played for their fifteen hundred buy-in or twenty five hundred buy-in. Right. But it's crappy, and it it destroys to some degree the integrity of these tournaments, and uh, and uh, it's very frustrating also for for skilled players, who um, who who want to have more of a chance than just uh, catching cards at the very right time, which unfortunately right. a lot of the these events have become to some degree. I'm not saying there's no skill, but uh, um, there could be a lot more skill, and there could be a lot more. Uh, your success could be dictated by a lot more hands, at least, than just a few key ones in the later state, in the like the middle stages. So uh, that's another suggestion of mine on how to improve the World Series. Uh, do you have any ideas here, Jaime? Uh, eh, I think you pretty much covered most of them. Um, I just think they need to make uh, a lot of a lot of the events just make them different, even if they just change the buy-in a couple hundred or four hundred or five, whatever. 
just change the buying around. I just don't like you know seeing a, a thousand dollar or a fifteen hundred limit event every day. Yeah, I just think it it really waters it down. I know that's how they make their money, but maybe maybe like um, you know, I know people are are there and they're the, you know even like the um the recreational players that are showing up just to you know get their shot at a bracelet. Well, they run those five hundred dollar um mega stacks or whatever like they run at the venetian they run those at the world series too why not do you give out like a ring or something for that i mean just change the buy-ins around for um they should change the buy-ins around i think and just not offer as many of those tournaments and back to the heads up limit um i i think a heads up limit tournament would work great because a lot of the bracelet chasers w- would play that just because it would be you know a shorter field um maybe make the buy-in like five thousand or something and you would get a ton of just heads up limit pros and you know just a ton of heads up players would be joining i think it would get a it would probably get a bigger field than maybe the limit events even get now i think i just don't know why that's never been an event i know what you were saying about the table space but you know after like one or two rounds half the guys are eliminated and you know they get those tables right back so yeah i mean they should run one i agree with, with the popularity of uh of, of heads up yeah, especially games. I'm just surprised that it's never been ran, even when Limit was more popular five years back. Yeah, I was or surprised. Whatever, too. I'm just. And I think you know, here, here's just... another thing that I suggest. I think that uh, these 1K events where you start with 3,000 chips are crap. And in fact, I'm refusing to play them this year for that reason. I, I think they should really start introducing more chips for all the events instead of making it three times the buy-in. I think it should be four times, and then just. Um, Adjust the blinds accordingly. Obviously, don't just adjust them directly to the uh, the, the, the increase, or it's the same thing. But uh, adjust them to where, like what I was describing, to where the blinds start out higher, but move up more slowly, and then increase their chips, the starting chips, and this way you'll have some more play. Otherwise, again, you have to get off to such a good start with these three K, these one K events with three K chips uh, in the first few hours, or otherwise you're crushed. And right. uh, and. They do have to keep the same number of chips, you know, consistent with all the events because uh, they don't want people stealing chips from one event and taking them to another. So you have to have the chips always having the same value. So if you're going to give, uh, you know, 4K for 1K events, then you have to give 6,000 for 1,500 events because you don't want people, as I said, taking chips from one event and using them in another, knowing they have more value in another. So I see why they do that, but uh, they should give more. Uh, otherwise, the, you're just not deep enough in these things. So, well, those are some suggestions. Oh, and one more suggestion: logistical. Take away some of the women's bathrooms. There just aren't enough women out there to use them. When you have gigantic lines of the men's bathrooms and the women are wide open, just change some of the women's bathrooms temporarily to men's bathrooms. So, don't take all the women's bathrooms away. But uh, you know, if there's three women's bathrooms and three men's bathrooms, take two of those women's bathrooms, make them into men's, and leave one women. Easy. Yeah, I agree, 100%. And I think they did uh, that one year, oh, and they did away with it. Oh, here's a, here's an old question about uh, the main event I have for you that I was talking to somebody about the other day. First hand of the main event, you get deal, dealt aces. Two guys go all in before you. Are you going to move in and risk your entire stack yes. with the aces against two yes. hands? Yes. Okay. I, I will. I, in fact, I will risk aces any time pre-flop except – in a satellite situation where you just need to survive and then it's over. What if the whole table was all in? Yes. I'll take Still my do chances. it? Take my chances, yeah. 
Yes, I realize I'm a favorite to lose at that point, but uh, but of course, if I win, I chip up so huge that it's worth right. it. Now, if this is now, of course, if it's my only ten thousand dollars, and it's it's my last ten thousand, and it's it's up to me to cash here to support my family, then I probably don't. Right. But uh, what, what, you you don't think that you'd have like uh like even if it was two guys all in and you're, you're a favorite, um, I mean. If you do, you think the value of those chips is that that great that early in the tournament um, to risk it? Yeah, I think so. I think to triple up at that point is uh, is worth it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm never folding aces. I can guarantee in the main event if I have aces at any time, I will never fold them pre-flop. Guarantee you guys. Right. So that's 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 my strategy for the day. You uh, if you know I have aces, uh, you're, you're going to get me to call off on my chips. I All think right. just about everybody would though. I think uh, it's an interesting discussion, but uh, I I would still do it, even with the whole table going all in. I, I would, you know, if the whole table. This would never happen, of course. But the whole table really went all in. Nine players, and I'm last to act with aces. I'm gonna call, and I'm I'm gonna probably feel like a oh, shit. I'm probably gonna lose this, but I mean, how can you pass that up to nine times your stack? Right. And have the best hand by far. You'll have the best hand, but you're still probably, for a whole table, um, you're probably going to lose. Can you believe, I, I, I forgot exactly what the hands were, but can you believe I had aces unassisted uh, at a limit hold'em 40-80 game, and it's a crazy game I played uh, a few months ago. And with four opponents coming into the river, they had five combined outs to beat me. Wow. And got there, of course. I was of course when I when I saw them all turn over their hands, I couldn't believe it. Like the river, I didn't even call. It was it was like a terrible card. I knew I lost. So just like bet call, right. I, I I mucked it and I was right. I was like third or fourth place. But uh, um, everyone revealed what their hands were, and um, and I, I I couldn't believe like it was a huge pot, and I couldn't believe I was in that good of a shape. Like you know when you have aces and there's like a million people calling you down, uh, you, you know there's always a a good chance you're going to get fucked by the river. But here I, here I, <laughs> they had to combine five outs. They, they like all had so many common cards together. Anyway, uh, all, a question for all the going team. after the same draws and yeah. the same. Yeah. So, um, here is a comment from John Stamos. What is the worst possible hand you would call if everyone on the table went all in getting eight to one of your money? I, I have to say, I, I probably would lay down everything else. Yeah, me too. I, would I, I think one of them go. has aces. That's what I would think. I would think of all these eight people. If, if eight people going all in, unless they're absolute, if they're like eight absolute maniacs, yes, I'd go all in with, with, with worse than aces. But uh, if, if there's even like a few reasonable people at the table, I would think that uh, kings are probably no good. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you you got to figure if there's eight guys all in, you're probably going up against aces, I think, yeah. if you have kings. I mean. <laughs> More than likely, I mean, somebody's probably going to have aces in there. Um, if not, you know, you like it's the same situation with the kings versus even if nobody had aces, you're still pretty big underdog to lose the hand. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's that's our suggestion for the World Series, and uh, yeah, as I said, I'm going to play next on June 20th. I, I let me see what event that is. I, I think it's the 5,000 limit. And believe me, I'm, if there's a, an event I'm hungry for. It's that one. Um, 
some people might have thought the one I was most hungry for was the 1500 limit since I had bricked it uh, eight and now nine consecutive times since uh, finishing third in 2005. But no. The reason I'm... It is the 5000 limit. Last year in that damn event, I lost four straight hands with 19 people left to be the stone bubble boy in that tournament. Two long-ass days. You know, partially thanks to Negranu's changes to where uh, the structure was better. <laughs> so, two full days. Like, by the time I busted, it was late at night on day two. I didn't cash. It's probably the longest you can play at the at a non-main event and non-over-10k event and not cash. Two long-ass yep. days and I bubbled 19th right losing four straight hands and I I and I would have cashed 11k if I uh if I cashed but I I chose to play those hands they were all decent hands it was uh ace queen ace 10 suited uh ace king got to play to win the tournament yeah, not just to I cash said, I said yeah. damn it 19 people left I'm not playing to cash 11,000 of course 11,000 is uh substantial money but I'm 19 people left. I'm playing to get uh, some more chips here and, and win and win another bracelet, not to uh, squeak into the money. So I could have just felt folded to the money here, you know, most likely. But uh, I played my four hands. They're all. I wasn't playing junk. I played four good hands. Lost four good hands. Um, when I was the bubble boy, very very painful moment. And uh, sim- similar to how my yeah. the 2500 six max was for me last year. Uh, you know, we long first day, and then the second day I just got nothing, and then, you know, just got down right around the bubble, and you know, about four ha- four hands out of six I lost, and then that was it. I was out. Yeah, so I'm I'm so. really looking to win that one, and I think the members of the site are looking for me to win this one. Fifty five percent of myself is sold on this one. I didn't mean to sell fifty five percent. I kind of accidentally did. I, I meant to only sell fifty, and I didn't even know if I'd sell that, and I accidentally sold fifty five. And well, now you can afford to eat at the poker kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I should use those extra shares for the poker kitchen. You're right. So, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, members here. There's actually a few big pieces bought. Uh, PLOL with 11 pieces of me. C-Money with 20 pieces of me. That's a pieces meaning percent. And uh, Sidewinder with 10% of me. So uh, these guys, I'm sure, are really hoping that I can do something big in the limit to hold them. 5K event on June 20th, which is my next event. There will be another show, though, before that. We will have a show on June 18th, and that will be, uh, again, on Tuesday, 7 p.m. So after that, there will be some possible schedule changes. Just to give you guys a heads up on the schedule changes, here is what they will be. And of course, this could always change. Just to give you guys a heads up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Schedule changes. My own voice. Here is what they will be. This is my show. Get off my show. Always change. Just to give you guys a heads up. I think I hit that on Schedule changes. My own voice. That's my fault. Oh, it was your fault. Here is what they will be. This is my show. Get off my show. Always change. Just to give you guys a heads up. I think I hit that on This is like the Twilight Zone. That's my fault. Oh, it's your Here fault. Right. Okay, this I want to say all the other dandruffs on this show suck. <laughs> I'm the only good one. The rest of you all suck. like the Twilight Zone. I hate the rest of you. I absolutely detest the rest of you dandruffs. Get off my show. Okay, I want to say all the other Get the hell off my show. Thank you. Okay. That was chaos. It was my fault.
The June 25th show, two weeks from today, will not be on June 25th. It'll be 13 days from today, Monday, June 24th. It's because I have an event on June 25th. The July 9th show, which is four weeks from today, will be on Monday, July 8th. So I have to remember those two dates will move one day earlier, both at 7 p.m. And two weeks from there, six weeks from today, July 23rd, when is that rescheduled? The answer, never. It's canceled. Why? Because I am going to be in a secret location that day where the internet is good enough for me to uh, post on the site, but will not be good enough to do radio. So going back to like 90s internet here? Pretty much, yeah. So uh, and, and same with the day after and the day before. So I said, screw it, I'll just cancel the whole thing. So, so don't, don't think of cock-bombing the site or anything because I can take care of that where I am. I just won't be able to do radio. So uh, no radio the week of July 23rd. Uh, of course, th- there could be some other changes. Um, let me look at the official schedule. Uh, for example, on June 22nd, I'm playing the 1500 No Limit, one of China's favorite uh, repeat events. 1500 No Limit, June 22nd, event number 40. If I make it to day three and make it deep, which of course I hope I do, I will not make the June 24th broadcast. So, then that show will be canceled as well. So, if you want to hear me on June 24th, you should root against me on that event. Bad Guy 23, <laughs> you're on the air. They know, yeah, it's me, right? Listen to me. I got I got a big problem here going on. When don't you? What's what up? you got? No, when don't I? Come on. I'm I'm your number one fucking fan. No, I know, I know, but you, but you have a lot of problems. That's, you, you, it's always a problem. No, well, listen, I'm with... A, I'm with uh, Remember the girl I told you was going to come see you in Vegas? Yeah. So I had her listen to the show for a little bit here at the end. And then I said, yeah, I said, Google bad guy two, three. So I, I asked everybody listening right now, Google bad guy two, three. I'll ask you to do that. A wanted poster comes up. A picture of me comes up with my sister and the, and the bitch that uh, hit the lottery. And, and a bunch of bad stuff comes up, man. What am I going to do about this, Druff? Well, let me let me go take a look at what you're talking about here. Um, no, this is a bad guy. To, if you put my name in, it's even worse. I mean, all the donk down shit comes up if you put well, my you know, name. Like, okay, I just, I just Googled. There's actually a picture if you put my name over, it says deadbeat dad of the year. Well, okay, this is what I see. I, <laughs> I just, I, hold on, I just, just don't tell people to Google bad guy well, 23. I, I, I entered bad guy 23. No, and... I know, but how crazy is that? If you Google bad guy 23, the first thing that comes up you can see it. It's donk down bullshit. It's PFA bullshit. And then my picture. Yeah, no, I, I see, mean, I see that. That's in the images. But a, and the, the Razor Ramon picture comes up, too, okay, going but, under the ladder. But the first thing that comes up right. is actually a YouTube channel run by some Israeli guy. Are right. You, are it's, you... it's a secret channel. It's that fucking... That means that's seriously serious. That made that bullshit video on the thing. We now all know that. No, but I, it's like in guy. Hebrew, though. Why is it in Hebrew? Listen... He made it. He he made it right on your site when when he did the video. No, no, I, th- I think this. I think this is. A, I think this is a different. No one even gave it one response. I, I think this is care, a different bro, bad guy. I think, tw- I think this is a different bad guy. Twenty three on on YouTube. User bad guy twenty three. I think is an Israeli guy. Okay, keep going down. And you tell me it's not me. I mean, you can see my face. Kid. No, no, I'm not talking about the images. I'm talking about the the YouTube channel. 
But yeah, I see the I see There's the wanted, wanted poster. There's a wanted thing saying Peter DC will pay you two thousand dollars. The wanted poster. Yeah, I see the wanted reward two thousand dollars with your picture. Yeah, and then and then that then then that's my sister and me, and I'm all fucked up and fucking. And first off, I'm an Eagle fan. I got cowboy shit on. I'm all fucked up. I mean, well, which one is no, your, which, which one's your sister? That means I'm that means I'm famous, baby. Which of these two is your is I your sister? It. Which of these two is your sister? Which one do you think? Is my sister? Are you kidding me? Look at the noses. <laughs> I was about to say the the nose <laughs> the nose resembles the one on the right resembles you uh, more. Yeah, that's my sister. The okay. one on the right for sure. <laughs> but my little sister's a cool cat. But I'm here with a sexy girl. The girl that actually took her shirt off on 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 radio before. Hmm. Remember the remember the one time when you were down down? I had a girl show her boobs. She's here with me. The girl I tried to get you, to come meet you. Where where are you right now in Pittsburgh at the residential neighborhood? Yeah, I'm still in Pittsburgh because I'm going to go to the games and then we're going to come to Vegas and we're going to knock on your door. Okay, you know Matt the, Matt the Rat wanted to meet anyway. you. Matt the Rat was very disappointed that you weren't there to meet him. No, no, no. Hold on. I told Matt the Rat I was coming. I have his phone number. Okay. Uh, hold on. What are you saying? I never, I, I never said I was going to be there before the thirteenth. So what's going? What, what, I never said that. I want to meet Matt the Rat. He says he's going to be there for at least a week and a half, right? He's going to be there till Sunday. Uh, uh, I, I could maybe get there. I'll get there for Sunday for Matt the Rat. How about that? I'll do that. And then when, when you coming? Um, you always said I want to meet the bad guy. Yeah, I, I do. To, you know what I look like. I mean, I'm not like some kind of fucking ogre. So I'm not like I'm no big guy or nothing, man. You're taller than me. You actually dwarf me, probably. Okay. I mean, how tall are you, Drew? Like six three? No, I'm, I'm six two. I'm close. Six two. Well, I'm only five fucking ten, man. Okay. Well, five eleven. Smoking well, what? Listen. So I mean, listen. I'm going to be there. Uh, I I left Vegas for a while, as I, I mentioned, but uh, no, I will I will me. be ba- I'll be back in about a week. Someone's posting wings. You're saying I posted wings. You want you want to see the girl? You want to talk to the girl? Sure. Hello. Yeah. Hi. So, so you're uh, you're bad guy twenty three's girlfriend. Is that true? Yes. I see. I was in Vegas. He said that I was going to meet you, and you didn't call him back. Now, would you have actually met me if if uh, we arranged this? Would you have actually done so? Yes. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, so, definitely. so you will meet strange guys in Vegas uh, under the command yes, of, yes. Uh, of bad guy twenty three here. Do you know my name? No. What is your name? Josie. Josie, okay. And Josie, how old are you? I am 36. You can look at me up on Facebook. I'm very pretty. Really? Okay, well, I, I don't know how to find... I can't just type in Josie on Facebook. I'll get like uh, 25,000 Josie results. Byrne, J-O-S-E-Y-B-Y-R-N-E. I'm oh, okay. on Facebook. You're, you're going to get a lot of weirdos adding you now, but... Uh, <laughs> you're, you will. I, I promise you, you're going to get a lot of strange people adding you, but it's too late. Good. Good. But but there's yeah, a lot yeah. of you know there's a lot oh no I hold on I typed in Jody is it Josie Byrne? J O S E Y yeah. Oh, okay that's that's kind of an unusual spell. Oh I see I see okay so Pittsburgh Pennsylvania okay so I'm, yeah, I'm looking at so, um, if you look at my profile picture right, I'm well, the second one in from the left. Okay so so there's four girls there you're the one wearing like a gold dress. Yes. Okay and and you're the one who's a bad guy's girlfriend. Yes. And, and who are the other three girls? This is like a, a picture in front of uh, downtown yeah, Vegas. Yeah, we we were just in Vegas. Uh, was it two weeks ago? Yeah, that's when you. Yeah, those are my friends. How many friends do you have? I have three friends with me. 
I see. Do you think there is there anybody you would be interested in, Jeff? Well, yeah, I, I don't want to comment on these things. I, I've been taken for a while now, but uh, um, oh, okay, okay. But but yeah, these good-looking girls here. So so okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're uh, now. Are these girls all single? By the way, the, the ones in this picture. Besides you, actually, they are. Yes. Oh wow. They're all ugly. Drop a Josie. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're all ugly. One looks like Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Which, which one is she? <laughs> she? She's the one in the gold here. There's a picture of four girls. She's the one in the gold dress, and then there's a there's one in like uh, white capri pants. Yeah. I think the one he says is Shaquille O'Neal. Is that is that the one in the black? Is that one he's referring to with the jeans? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's who he's. What's that's who he's talking about. He just said who's Shaquille O'Neal. That's the one. Shaquille well, O'Neal, yeah, that's the one in the black, bro. I picked her up on the. Ba- if, if me and China were going to play you, you motherfuckers of basketball, we're picking up the girl in the black. How tall is she? How tall is that girl? <laughs> she's five eleven. The, the other one looks even taller. She's though. in flats, and I'm in like four inches. Well, what about, what about the one to the right? <laughs> the one to the right of her looks even taller. Uh, well, she she has heels on. Oh, she Becky's has heels flat, on. Okay, the one okay. to the right of me is flat footed. I have on like six, four inch, five inch heels. It looks like something from the seventies. You don't like my dress? You're famous now, baby. Well, you know, you don't what, like you my know dress? believe it. Believe it or not, I've actually dated girls taller than that. So really? That, yeah, Are you yeah. tall? Well, I'm six foot two. Oh, okay, okay. Dressing yeah. on sixty minutes will make you smarter every time you listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so uh, so are you really coming to Vegas? I gotta hear it from you because Bad Guy Twenty Three always says he's coming to Vegas and then doesn't show up. So are you really coming to Vegas? No, with him? I go, I go all the time. I'm no, gonna be there for business in October. Well, no, I don't know, but forget October. Are you coming with him like in the next few weeks? Are, are you really gonna go? Because I'll go. I work from home. I can do whatever I want. I'll go. Yeah. No. Can we meet you? Yeah, sure. What do you mean, Cody? You know, he's gonna definitely meet us. Yeah, of course I'll meet right? you. Come on, okay. I'm not gonna pass up this opportunity. That's a. Uh... Oh, he did shit on somebody when we were young. You know, we dated when we were young too. I don't know how you got mad about that? No one believes it. Well, he actually shit on somebody. He did shit. Yes, he did. But how did that happen? How did it happen where he shit on somebody? They brought, she looked like Rocky Dennis. I mean, so it's not, this isn't, like, exciting. It's not like she was sexy and he shit on her. It doesn't matter, Tom. She looked like Rocky oh, so, Dennis. So he actually shit on a girl. I thought he may have shit on a guy for some reason. I don't know why. So he shit on yeah, a girl? it was a girl. She, she, she looked like Mask. But, I mean, it, it's, it was bad. They brought her into a hotel room, and he shit on her. And he gags because he can't stand shit. So as soon as he shit, he started gagging. That's a lovely story. Like so. It was a rabbit turn, first off. Try to shit on somebody, Drew. As a bet. You never do it. Wow. I, I wouldn't want to do that. Guys, I bring the hits. And my man, try, say hi to China Maniac, please. Who? China Maniac. Yeah, China Maniac. China Maniac? Yeah, he's the other uh, gentleman on the phone here. Oh, hello. Hello, Chinaman. It's nice to meet you. Hello, Chinaman. Hello, Chinaman. Oh, hello. This is a Chinaman. China maniac. Oh, okay. He's uh, a poker player. Do you, what do you think of Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, the actual Shaquille O'Neal or the girl who uh, you that he claims is Shaquille O'Neal? Yes, yes. The girl. Uh, what what do I think of her? I mean, she's, she's not bad. Uh, she's, uh, you know, see, like, tall girls don't bother me. Like, like I'll tell you two things that don't bother me. I don't mind if a girl's tall, and I don't mind if a girl mm-hmm. isn't, isn't thin. Like, she can't be, like, 
like huge, like like uh, obese. But uh, you know, if she's not thin, know, if she's a little bit bigger, that's that's fine with me too. That's just something that never bothered me. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay, but, Druck, The girl on the left is a burnout. That's what I used to call her back in the day. She's a burnout. Yeah. She's a nice girl. They're all nice girls. See, I would I wouldn't want to date a burnout. That would be a problem, but. He was rocking the Guns N' Roses. He likes, Jeff likes the big bitches. Tom just had a baby to a big woman. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't just like the big bitches. I'm just saying that, that uh, if a girl has a little bit of weight on her, it doesn't bother me. That's just always the way I felt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me, yes. me, me neither, Druff. I like them yes, yes. like that. Tell him. Like, I know. You like big women. Hey, what the fuck does that mean? I fucked you, man. I, wow, I mean, wow. Okay, so I have no yeah, you, you don't look very big. You actually look like you're, uh, you, you don't weigh very much. No, I'm I'm kind of thin. Yeah. But um, she tries too hard, Druff. Wow, wow. Okay, sixteen minutes, this bitch, Druff. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> okay, Druff. What? Okay, so do you live like right? Do you live close to Vegas, like North Vegas? Dude, Where do you live at? Three houses. Honey, he likes five hundred pound women. She's gonna, she gonna like bring them out all no, out no, to no. meet me. I just told you don't like big women. What okay. the hell are you talking about? She's just fucking. Listen, Druff don't like big women. I know, no, I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. We'll just get him some deluxes. Listen. <laughs> What the fuck? Are you stop being funny. No, I no, I know. Russell White, big bitch. No, I know. He's okay. Does the Chinaman? What is he into? China. Yeah, Chinaman. What are you, Chinaman? What are you into? I'm, I'm into. I'm into it all. <laughs> From Boston, okay. I saw that. Chinaman's black. Chinaman's not black. No, he's not black. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, where are you from? You're from Boston. Yeah, Boston. Okay, I didn't tell by his accent. Well, new kids on the block are also from Boston. Yeah, you like that. I like them. They were here today. Like, oh, that's right. I, I guess I guess around my, the time. My boys. You know what? I guess around the you time. Know, you, well, are you serious, Chinaman? You know them? It's not Chinaman. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> Do you know them? I know them all. Oh my God! I love them. I love them. Chad, you're hooked up, bro. You know that's true. In the wow. late in the late eighties, yeah, when they were really the big, that's when she was like the age of the girls that loved the new kids. So I guess like twenty years later, it's the same thing. Yes, absolutely. We love that. Old to like the new kids. Bro. No, it was normal. All my friends. No, no. See, I, I was a little bit too old. The girls my age didn't really like new kids, guys. A, a little. I was a little bit too old for that. But but she's Me not. Too, I think. No. Yeah. Bullshit. No. So you were listening to New Kids when you were fourteen? Yes. Okay. Hanging top. Joey was my favorite, but now I like Donnie. <laughs> wow. He's great and saw. Do you really know them? Yeah, I know Donnie. I'm so excited Don. right now. Oh, yeah. I used to have a lot of cookouts when we were kids. No, I'm dead serious. Wow. I uh, can we? Chinaman. I'd like to Google a photo of you, Chinaman. What? What is? Chinamaniac. Doesn't matter. What is your name? Are you on Facebook? He's a fucking pro poker player. Just yeah, I'm on Facebook, but it's it's private. It's a secret uh, okay, location. Is there like a photo of you? I just want to see what you look like, so I can just get a visual of the new kid's friend. What does it matter what he looks like if he can get you the chat? To when we come to Vegas, can we talk about me? Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, the it, new it, kids it, it shouldn't mean anything. You know, China Maniac could be really ugly. It wouldn't matter if he knows the yeah. new kids. That it, that should be all yeah. that matters here. Put, put up a couple. Yeah, hundred yeah, I, I don't care. Sure. 
Yeah, you could be five dubs. I'm down. I just want to know. Five dubs? What are you, black now? No, you should be a large guy, and I'm down. I don't care. You know, I, I think if I think if you can fix up that. run up a hundred thousand on Bodog, and then um, I could probably arrange that private concert for you. You know what? I think if you can, I think if you can arrange uh, some of your female friends to be with a China maniac here, he might be able to make the uh, the new kids thing happen. Yes, yes, yes. You, Chinaman, you go through my photos. Hold on, Tom. You go through my photos and you choose. We're using my real name. Oh. Okay, you go through my photos and you choose somebody, and then if we can meet the new kids, we, we will deliver this person to you. It should be the other way around. It should be you deliver it first, and then he delivers the new kids. You show okay, him the I'll stuff. Bring the girl. Just pick her, and then we meet the new kids. You show him the stuff first, then he shows you the new kids. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Well, okay, Chinaman, just look through the photos and and see who you're interested in, and I'll make that happen. I, I will bring them to Vegas. Chinaman, that's going to be your new nickname. Is this, are you in Vegas, too? Is everybody in Vegas? No, he's in Boston. Chinaman's going to Vegas shortly because he's playing a 10 grand main event. Drop's getting ready to go because he plays in, like, 10 different events, but they're all the same. These guys can play poker. I told you that. I said, you talk to my hey. guys, man. They're hey, guys. do you like do you okay. like Marky Mark? Do you like Marky oh, Mark? Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, yes. Yeah, me, me and he, I'm tightest with him. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited right now. Please look at my photos and see if there's anybody who, who would be of interest, and then and we'll, we'll make this happen. How are you? How are you? You're the one of interest. I date this nutcase. You don't want me. My issues have issues. But uh, <laughs> how, how long have you been dating a uh, bad guy here? Oh. Since we were 17 or 18. Well, no, but you started dating him again recently. When was that? Yeah, recently. We just got back together a couple couple months ago. Up and down, drop up and down. Yeah. Easy come, easy go. Wow. I see. I don't even know what to say, man. Hey, we're bringing radio back, Drop. You are. Now, it's like Archie Bunker and Edith from now on on here. I'm not just calling by myself. I was really hot when I was in high school. You should have seen me. Wow. Well, I we can't go back in time here. I never saw that. you. You know, what matters oh, now, oh, what God. matters is, is the here and now. It doesn't matter if you were hot in high school. That's uh, 20 years ago. We got to we gotta stay in today. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I got porn for you 20 years ago. Okay. You know, I'm going to be honest here. I... I, I I don't know, about uh, 10 or 15 years ago, I was with a girl who was really, really hot in high school, but uh, only about average at that time. And, and uh, uh-huh. I, I would try so hard at night, just like to like it would be dark in the room, I would try to picture that I'm with the high school version of her. Not like a pedo or anything, but like, a, <laughs> like I, I try to picture I try to picture like I'm back in high school and she's back in high school and like, like we're getting it on then because like it just, I, I don't know, because it was the same girl, I felt it was okay to picture that. Okay. Well, how bad is she? Not like, did she get fat or what happened? No, no. She just, you know, she wasn't as pretty anymore. It's like she's about average. She wasn't ugly, but she's like average looking at that point. But like really hot back in high school. So I, I just kind of okay. like, like pictured we were back in high school. Yeah. Listen, the, I'll give this girl one thing. She's pretty much stayed the same. That's the only thing I can give her. Wow. The but only thing you can give her. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah, well, you got to oh, take yeah. drop. You got to take some to get some. Exactly. You know what I mean? You got to get exactly. a little to get a little. I mean, I mean, what are you, what, what, so am I doing the wrong thing here, guys? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, think you're doing, you. I think you're doing pretty well. I porn tapes out last week. You do not publish the about, porn. Ask them about the porn tapes. No. Them how to do it. I know no. I'm going to do it. I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, I'm just, it's not you. Yeah. What is, 
I guarantee you he's not black. I guarantee you he's not black. He's not? Is he Chinese? No. No. Oh. He's a white guy. I don't know why a photo of him matters. If you only want to use him to get to the new kids, he could look like anything. It doesn't matter. I was just like, well, I was just, if he has a high top face, I mean, I just want to see. He had a high top face back in the day, I said. Oh. When the crisscross was in. Yeah, he had a high top face back when you were hot in high school. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, so. You never taught in high school, bro. Yes, I was. Um. So, okay. So he had a high top fade. What do you have now? Are Are you bald now? Because that's fine too. Yeah, he shaves his hair. Do you like that? I do. I like bald people. Josh, are you also bald? Uh, it, de- it depends like what angle you're looking at me. If if I'm sitting That's down, you can see my. B- I have a bald spot, but if I'm sitting down, you can see it. If I'm standing up, you can't. Though the, your friend. Just wear a hat. No, no, hold on. Your friend, yeah, your friend Shaquille O'Neal. Overhead, you can see it. Yeah, your That's friend. Sha- way. Your friend Shaquille O'Neal might be able to see my bald spot, but everybody else will not be able to. <laughs> That's my man, Trump, right there, curving with a one liner. Yeah. Okay, but like normal size, which like I could not see it. No, like, you couldn't you see and I it. Were talking, you, you, I would you could never. You could never tell. That's a, in yes, fact, that's when, when I date right. new just girls. Don't date big women, Drive, and I think you'll be fine. No, no, when no, I date. Drop. Just shave your fucking head, man. Yeah, just. No, I'm not quite it. to that point yet. Like, like when I lose more hair, I'll shave my head, but I'm not quite there yet. You know. If, if I can, if I can still pull I, off the charade that I. From the listen. Do you have a yarmulke? Listen, I'm I can, I can still pull off the charade that I have a full head of hair because most people are not tall enough to see that I don't. So, I can still pull that off. That's. You know what. They got that spray, man, as you've seen on TV. Yeah. Spray that shit up. Yeah, I'm not doing that. We could get you killed and spray the top of your head. Yeah, neither one of us are tall enough unless you give me a stool. I'll spray you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe Shaquille. Maybe, maybe on our first date, uh, Shaquille can spray the top of my head. That'll be a nice activity. Yes, I think that would be a good bonding activity. Is, is he in any of these pictures? Why is this black girl? Are you kidding me? Wow. the World Series poker What's his real name? Like, what is his mom's name? Todd Metallus. Uh, uh, Todd. Yeah. Metallus. Yes. Been on was, 60 Minutes. Been on... So, like, are you really good at poker? I've, I actually, I should start playing poker. When I was in uh, Vegas, I I was playing... Um, I was playing roulette, and I I kept losing. Well, you know, I That's I know a girl I... I know a girl who got into poker named Tiffany Michelle, and she got seventeenth uh, in the World Series of Poker. So anything's possible. Told her about Tiffany today. You can't spell Todd's name, right? Tiffany. If she's good, she she plays seventeenth. That's how many people enter that? Like 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 sixty five hundred people. Cynthia Ryan. please, I'm trying to. That we watch and you. How many people? Like like sixty five hundred people. 
Admit that he's died, you like sporting porn. Please, I'm trying to talk. Okay, they've, uh, they Just don't know what? these answers. Okay, where, how many people enter this? Like 6,500. There's Todd. Here's, here's Todd right here. Oh, you're a nice looking dude. I like Jewish dudes. <laughs> My dad's Jewish. <laughs> that's that's Todd. Now, did, did uh, Thomas tell you that I was that Jewish, is, or, uh, or did you figure this out yourself? What's that? How did you know I was Jewish? Did he tell you? Yeah, he took and well, look at your nose. No, he but is, like, he I mean, Jewish, dude. I don't think I don't think I really have a Jewish nose. I mean, uh, it depends what I definitely do. But it's cool. I mean, my dad is also smaller than mine. Your nose is enormous, Tom. Hey, you but, but, like what? I love you. It's, you're talking shit, China. No, 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 no. Uh, but yes, yeah, you definitely have a Jew nose. But my dad also is Jewish, hmm. and uh, but he married a Gentile, so my grandparents don't like us. Yeah. That's not good. But yeah, you're not bad looking at all. I like Jewish men. I like big noses. Well, which which picture are you seeing of me? I don't know which picture you're even seeing right now. Uh, we're seeing the ones. First off, that's an old one. I'll give you a new one right here. Right here. That's a new one. I like you with scruff. That's sexy. With scruff. She likes you with the beard, bro. Well, that's... that's... Grow that beard back. No, I have I'm a beard serious. right now. That's what I... I've had a beard for a few years now. I like it. That's a good look for you. It's better than that, right? Well, camouflages that nose a little bit, which is a bonus. I thought you liked the Jewish nose, though. No, I'm just kidding. I swear to God, I do. I like big noses. I like Jewish dudes. Tom's nose. Do you ever see? You know what he looks like, right? Well, yeah, I know he has a large nose, yes. It's enormous. Hey, yeah. what the fuck is I love your nose. That's enormous. Oh, yeah. Will start talking shit on you? What do you there's nothing to well, say. the phone last. No, okay. All right. So are you, are you actually really good at poker? Well, it depends who you ask. You don't look like you're bald. I want to see your bald. That, that's my point. I, trust me, I, I, I'm not bald, but I, I do have a bald spot on the top of my head. But you can't see it unless I'm sitting down, and you look directly on top of my head. You can see. Just go to okay. YouTube. You can see it on the World Series event, right? Go ahead, Chinaman. Chinaman's talking. Talking. Good. Chinamania. Good. Good, Chinaman. That China no, man, he's he, just, his, yeah, he's telling you how to find spot. my ball spot. Yeah, but, that's, that's you, the only it, place I know. Are you also find. very, you're, you're also freakishly tall. Okay. What is this, what is this tattoo you have on your arm? No, it's filthy limper. No, no, that's a fake tattoo. Someone what, drew, is it, what is filthy No, no, so, someone drew that on my arm as a joke. I, I don't have any tattoos. How about once a poker? How she how he ripped the fucking charities off? He has the audacity to talk about someone who rips people off. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're throwing me under the. What do you mean? God, I mean seriously. The guy who <laughs> blow kids off. Q twenty two. I don't rip people. He off. doesn't rip children off. Um. <laughs> well, I hurt everybody else off. Yeah. The, look at you. You know what you. So if I like, I definitely want to meet you and try. I want to meet China. Well, what you should do is you you and. You and bad guys should come out to Las Vegas, and uh, and then What's you can that? meet all. You, you should come out to Las Vegas, then you can meet me. Okay, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you meet me when Tom told you I was out there? It just uh, there was a lot going on that day. I'm TK the pimp too. You remember that? Escorts? Yeah, because I I'm not an escort, Jeff. No, I didn't think you were an escort. It was just a lot. I said there was a lot going on that day. I just couldn't do it. Oh, okay. So the next time I come, like, if we give you, like, a week's advance notice, you will, you'll meet up with us. Well, I don't know Can what I a week. Can I get a photo but... with you? And I would like to sit on your shoulders and take a picture of your ball. July 23rd. Tell, tell them where you're going there. Tell her now. 
What, when are you going to be back in Vegas? Well, I'll be, third, be, right? I'll be back next week. Where are you at? I thought this, that you guys aren't in. So drop fucking in between places. I'm in all kinds of secret locations, but I, I'll be back in Vegas next week. Okay, we're going. We should go. In, do you want to go? Do you want to go in June or July? We should go in July. We're going next week. When he says you want to, you're serious. Can we go next week? I told you that's what I wanted. To oh, I'll go. Okay. Where do you stay like in North Vegas? Like if we're if we're down no, on the no, trip, I'm not going to stay in North Vegas. I'm not staying in North Vegas. You got to be kidding me. I gave you a winter town, baby. Yeah, he, he did. He did. I was she spent eighty bucks on it. Only one eighty-eight bucks. Listen, I I am too. I can understand one ten to one hundred. I am too white to stay in North Vegas. There's no way. Yeah, no. You you stay on the fucking strip. Drum stays in the biggest hotels there are. So you stay in the hotels when you're down there. Yeah. Okay. The We're staying. It's that new one that I wanted to stay at. Did you? It's called the Quad or something. <laughs> I, I. Why are you laughing? What's wrong with it? The Quad is not new. That's an old hotel that was rebranded as new. Thank you. Oh. Have you been? Oh, is it shitty inside? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. You should tell Thomas to All bet right. on the Spurs, and then uh, he can win some money and, and afford a better hotel. Yes, yes, I am new friends again. Do you have any Marky Mark? Uh, let me see. Let me see what I got here. Oh, let me see. What are you fucking uh, uh, what are you? I'm going to take pictures of her tits. I actually live in okay. the city now where the fighter was filmed that Marky Mark started. No tit pics. Listen. Who wants tits? You show no, I'm, I'm going to show Shaquille. Admit you show your tits on the channel. Yeah, seriously, would you like to meet Shaquille? Which girlfriend am I? Would you like? I'm I'm letting Chinaman choose because he has he has an avenue that I need to. Well, I'm going to let, how about Shaquille for you? I mean, you're fucking huge. You should date a woman who, is your girlfriend enormous? Who? Who are you talking about, me or, uh, or China Maniac? You, drop you. No, no, is, no. Is your not, girlfriend no. also over six feet tall? No, no, because no. My, you should breed large children. No, 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 no. My, my girlfriend is, is about uh, like five foot four. Ah, come on. Hey, do you, how many kids do you have? Just one. Just one. Just two, one kid. A two-year-old, yeah. Oh, do you also hide from child support police, or is that no, 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 no? My my child lives with me. There's no child support. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Hey, what, honey? I'm just teasing. I pay it off. I pay it off, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Come on, baby. Hey, keep fucking. <laughs> This is great. Hi, so. What? Oh, Marky Mark! Where's Marky Mark going now? Feel it, feel it, yeah. Feel the vibration. I'm picturing him in underwear right now. Remember when you did the underwear ads? Chinaman. Remember when Marky Mark did the underwear ads? I was actually at the shoot with him when he did it. You know what? I, I know. Okay, if you're lying. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I grew up two blocks from all of those guys. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you know this. I love all of these You men. know, if I ever come to love Pittsburgh, them. I think I know how to pick up women in their mid-30s. What do you say? Just no, I, I just yes, got to play this. I just got to put this on the radio. Yes, let's start playing this and we'll talk to your vehicle. 
I think I've been going to the wrong cities to pick up women. I think that uh, it's so much easier in yeah, other places. Yeah, we like the women in their mid-thirties. We love this shit. Like we love the new kids, and like now that they're like old and fat, we don't care. And I got one thing to say on the radio since I'm getting overtaken tonight and uh, my segments got cut short. <laughs> I'd like to say, hey, new father, the next time you tell me I don't bring it, motherfucker, listen in, motherfucker. That's my man, Lou. He's a, he's a Detroit rapper. He's a freestyle rapper from Detroit. Uh, next time you say that, motherfucker, all my stories are not true and all this shit and my fucking thing. But I gotta give Lou one credit. He he did send me uh, Game of Thrones, huh. and I'm starting to watch this shit. But I don't understand it, just so when I don't understand words in this shit, can I like type them to you and you can tell me what they're really saying? Yeah, I, I guess. But I've never watched that show. Okay, well, I have a question. I have an important question. Lucky, she likes you, Jeff. You guys are getting hooked. Look, I'm well, hooking you guys up. You better hook me up. I've been here from day one. Okay. Why do you have head and shoulders in all of your shows? What Dan Druff? That's his nickname. Yeah, yeah. His nickname is Druff. I mean, what the fuck? You, yeah, you need to moisturize your scalp. I didn't know. You're fucking retarded. That's his nickname. <laughs> Why is that your nickname, though? Do you have dandruff? I don't even know the answer to that. Do I have like every photo? He has head and shoulders. You know, why is that your nickname? Well, you know what? You should have Shaquille O'Neal come and uh, see if she can see any of the top of my head. I'm bringing Shaq. Hey, we'll, we'll bring Shaq for sure. She'll come. But answer that. Can you answer that? Why did? What made you pick the Dan Druff thing? Was it just a joke online? Yeah. Well, actually, what I was doing is I was recycling old names I used on uh, computer bulletin boards in the '80s, and that was one of them. So uh, if that happened to be the one that stuck, that was the one I got to be best known on because I happened to pick it on Poker Stars and and uh, and a few other sites. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's Dan Druff. That's why I always have that on shoulders. Oh, uh, look! Every single one. Look, is that like? It's also like a probably good luck charm from when he's playing poker. Well, maybe eight years ago it was. Druff's good, man. Are these photos old? What's the most recent one? That one. This one. Anything where I don't have facial hair is uh, is uh, an older photo. Okay. Now, yeah, I like you with facial hair. Facial hair, I think, is more recent than hair tops, isn't it? I, I put the uh, I got the facial hair in two thousand eight. So the the facial hair is more it's more recent than inner the inner tops hat, right? You mean uh, inner, inner poker? Yeah, the inner poker hat was two thousand five. That, that's kind of an old picture. So that's what I said this one's more recent. So, so my dad's Jewish, so at, like during Hanukkah, I have my grandma's menorah, and I light it still, like huh, just yeah. even though my tree's up. Huh. You're, you're, you're like a chip off the old block, baby. What, what do you mean? Because I say Jewish shit, too, sometimes. But I really am Jewish. You shouldn't make fun of Jews because you're not Jewish. I don't Jewish. make fun of any Jews. I don't make fun of anybody. Okay. I don't well, I mean, but I really am Jewish, I so I can say this stuff. I make matzo balls, drop. I make matzo balls. For it's you. not matzo. It's matzo. Okay, well, I make them right in your face. <sighs> Wow. Okay. So, drop. But yes, I I have a menorah. I'm sure you do as well. Well, yeah. I, I, it's it's not out right now, but I do have one. No, she's oh, shit. There's no, no menorah in this. I house. swear to God, there's a menorah in the China cabinet. Oh, yeah. It's my grandma's menorah. I want to see it right All now. Right, here. Okay. Here. She's going to go get this menorah. I don't believe it. I, 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 I do believe it. I think okay, I think she's going to produce one. No, we're not going to play Marky Mark. And China Man's name's China Man. I think, I think she's thing. going to produce one. You guys are letting her take over the show, man. What the hell are you doing? I, I, I like to... This is to, the bad uh, guy. 
China made China man now radio show. I mean, what the fuck? No, I'd like to drug? delve further into your life. This is interesting to hear the girl that's been uh, dating hey, the bad guy. Does the bad guy does the bad guy ever disappoint you, man? No, it's a great segment. I, th- I think it's. Uh, I thank you. Do I ever disappoint? Do I love you like a brother? Hey, look, that's why I answer your call every Dude, time. This you... menorah looks like somebody made it with a fork. I mean, that's not a real menorah. Oh, idiot! With my grandma. It looks like a fucking fork. Take a picture of that so we can get well, it online. No, but, but you like, guys want to see it? Look, everything in nineteen. 19- it looks like a fucking fork. Listen, everything. Uh, I'm actually in my booth with this menorah. Listen, everything in nineteen forty looks like a fork. It's it's old, bro. It's my grandma. Everything in nineteen forty looks like a fork. Let's light it up. All right, she's going to take a photo and send it. Well, anyway, you guys know her name. I, I Listen, my life, I wanted to be out there because you never know I'm going to go to jail or something bad's going to happen to the bad guy. So I, I, I've always been proud to be part of this radio show since day one. Since you guys, I really wish you in the... Put the picture next to your whiskey bottle. Look. Oh, you did next to my whiskey bottle. Okay. Are you sure that motherfucker is empty? Okay, well, she took a picture next to the whip. But what I'm saying is I hope I, I hope one day that, I know it's not going to happen soon, but I hope one day you and the other one get back together, man, I do. Because it was just fucking gold. Oh, oh the other show? No, that's it's not. Still gold. I, listen, it's, it was, man. Do you, ever, do you ever wish that? Do you ever, like, sit back and say, hey, I can let bygone. I mean, both of you were struggling. No, listen, um, there's, there's some things that pass by and will never go back to what they were and that's one of them. Just, yeah, so the, the, he, the, fucked, he fucked you too much. I agree. Listen, time moves, time moves, time moves on that nothing stays the same and, and certain phases of your life end and that's what happened there. I know, but don't we need this sometimes? Hey, this is Phil Delante. I mean, no, no, we need that one. Where's Alvin Finkelstein been, man? Well, he can come back. I need Alvin, Alvin Finkelstein. Alvin I need Finkelstein. Alvin back. Alvin Finkelstein's not dead. Now, I'm, I'm noticing something hey, funny about your girlfriend here. I'm looking at your your girlfriend. Is Alvin there? Hey, uh, can, can we talk to Alvin? Well, hang is, he up. Al- is he from Boston? Before we yeah, put Alvin, uh, Alvin back on here, uh, how come your Facebook page has like a follow but no, I can't add you as a friend? Oh, I, well, because I had I had a stalker a little while ago, uh, and I I had to I had to remove that option because I had I had a couple so crazy some people. One, some brother Not brother, you didn't know. It was actually a hillbilly. Some brother wanted to fuck your ass. Wow. No, it was a hillbilly draft, so I had to remove the uh, friending option, which I would love to be your friend. Well, you can friend me then. Here, I'll, I'll send you a message right now. Right now. Couldn't you just deny his friend request? Yeah, I'm not request. understanding why you turn off the friending option, but. Uh... Because no, I had a stalker. Fu- it was a hillbilly, and he had all no, these but, people. But he kept making fake f- Facebook can, options. Can you friend him right now? Yes, oh, I, 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 I just sent you right a message now, there. Don't worry. I sent you a message so bro. you can uh, friend me. Yeah, I'm going to have a girl call you and not friend you. Todd, what is his name? What tell us? No, I just sent her a message. She can just now, do it that way. Now, he, now, now the hillbilly can just follow her and... Yeah, the hillbilly can follow the radio show. Then we're all going to die. Well, no, he can just follow her her Facebook. I mean, this girl's going from hillbillies to... Uh, should I go through the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's your problem? Let's not. I mean, girl looks like you. I mean, you should have your shit together. Wow. You're <laughs> still dealing with the bad guy. Yes. I like Okay, did you get him on there? Todd Whittle's going to be my friend. Well, tell us. Oh. All right, she's making you her son. Can you see it? Uh, Not yet. It hasn't come up yet. But, and uh, you're going to make... What, hey, Chad, I don't know... I know your first name. I don't know your last name. She'll, she'll be friends. With, you want to be friends with China too, the Boston. Yes, if he's friends with Mark. <laughs> yes, 
Yeah, yeah but you can't. You can't see my friends list though. My friend. <laughs> My friends list is I mean, actually we, private. This guy fucking eats dinner with these guys. Right, hold on, hold on. My my friends list is private <laughs> because I had a hillbilly stalking me, so she he won't be she won't be able to see that. Wait, say that again, Drew. I said she will not be able to see China Maniac on my friends list because my friends list is private, and I made my friends list private when I had a hillbilly stalking me. Yeah, I mean, oh yes, I I get it. I'm, I'm, yeah, see, you know this Facebook shit. I, I call it nothing but a spy device, and you guys love it. I do, I do not use this thing. And it's not because I'm a criminal. Accept it. I accept it, she said. Now we gotta get we gotta get Mars on. I'm so excited right now. We gotta get we gotta get China on there too. Yeah, put China on. I am going to right now. China's a good cat, man. So is Drew. Both of them are good guys. Very excited about this. Mark is Mark on um... And you might get like uh Jeff, how many people are listening tonight? Um let me see. We get a lot in the archives, though. Yeah, so you might get like friend requests from wackos. I mean, I'm yeah, not she probably will. She probably will because your name's out there now. You're gonna be on a wanted poster. <laughs> yeah, she thinks the hillbilly was bad. It's gonna get worse. Yeah, wait till you see the people on this site. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she doesn't understand how this works. I, I said, "Mail call my boys." I said, "I said the fat guy two three. I want to see some." And the dude, when she did that shit, showed her. I just started laughing. And it wasn't even my name, Jeff. What the hell happened here? Well, but it sounds like she knows about everything you're involved in. So I don't think she learned anything new. No, no, she no. What do you mean? I've known her since I was eighteen. It's, no, I no, I, I never lied. I don't lie to people. Yeah, it I sounds like it that. sounds like she knows the good and the bad of bad guy twenty three. She's been through the good. I mean, dude, I fucking was crazy about this girl when I was 18, 19, 20. I told you I had good girls coming to look for you. I mean, some of them look like E.T., but I mean... They don't look like E.T. The one that looks like a giraffe. I'm sorry, but she does. I'm sorry. I'm glad them girls didn't come to your room. You'd have fucking threw them out. Wait, which, you which, which one looks like, which one looks like E.T.? <laughs> He's ignorant. None of them look like E.T. Yes, the one has a big neck. Yeah, I think I think I see the I one he's talking. I, I think it's I think it's the one on the right he's referring to. Yeah, the, that's the old, that's the sister that everybody thinks pretty. I don't think she. I actually like the Shaq better than, and I gave the girl the nickname Shaq. Am I right or wrong? Yes. I think Shaq looks prettier than the uh, Kambi Matamba. <laughs> right or wrong, Jeff? Well, you know, I, I, got, I see some other pictures got, of Shaq. Skinny, skinny. I see some other pictures of Shaq. That's actually not a good picture of her. I'm looking at some other pictures. She looks better. Right. So, who would you take, though? You're taking you're taking the Kimbe. The Kimbe's the other girl on the left. I've no, known her sister for a long time, since I was 13, and she we used to call her a Burnout. You guys remember Burnout? Like like she'd be wearing Guns N' Roses shit. She's down. She actually looks a lot better than she used to. Right around just don't you yeah. think? I'm not making fun of that girl on the left. I'm not making fun of her at all because I think I made fun of her a lot when I was little. And I didn't mean, like mean to make fun of her. You understand? Not page, not, except are, you, are you on the page, Jeff? She wants you to accept your friend request. Oh yeah, I see. I see. I got a friend request. Okay, then, let me confirm. Yes. Okay, we're friends now. Okay. Your friends, buddy. I'm How about you, China? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> you know, on Facebook? No, I am, but it's, mine's private. He's he's a private person. Much, much private? Okay. But China says his fucking Facebook's much private. Oh, he don't want none of... Oh, she said, if you meet her, boy, 
you, maybe that you can loosen it up. Wow, wow. I didn't Tell her Twitter. I say it like you wanted she's to. on Twitter? Yeah, she's on Twitter, but she's on my Twitter. Yeah, it's like old as fuck. She don't use it. I, I'm on Twitter as never win. I, I mean, I thought, be, I thought he would try to buy back the name. He never tried to buy back it. No, I never. I would give it to him for free. TK the pimp never won. Oh, I drop your nose isn't that big. That's a shame. Some of the photos. Drop, she's looking at all your pictures now, bro. Yeah, she can even. She said your nose is not that. Well, big. she can find she pictures good. of me. She can find pictures of me actually from when I was uh, four Look years old. Wait, wait, drop. She's looking at that old picture like when you were in high school. That stupid picture where you had that dumb grin on your face, and she's saying you were sexy back then. Well, That's I... like when you were like. No, go back. Tell me the picture. No, I like that photo. Okay, this one? No. The one, go back. Well, there's, well, there's go one. Go back to the one. I'm trying. He's, well, he's See, like, it doesn't mean much to me anymore. If she thought I was hot, I'll let her have the phone back. She can tell you. Sexy. Well, if you thought if you thought I was sexy when I was eighteen, that doesn't do me any good now. College photo ID. Well, yeah, that was that was twenty that was twenty three years ago, though. I'm just saying, it's a good photo. Well, it's the last one. I also like you when you're like six in front of the telephone. I like him when he wears the fucking. Well, I know, but your nose isn't as big as I thought it was. I'm kind of. There you go. I tried to tell you. Grow a beard again, bro. I have a beard now. Okay, well, keep them fucking hat low and maybe get a new hat. Not, don't wear the Dodgers hat. Why? You don't like the Dodgers? He's convinced you do? The, yeah. He's convinced the Pirates are going to win this year. Where are, I'll, how about I send you a Pirate hat? You tell me the... I'll, even get it. I'll, make, I'll send you a Pirate hat out tomorrow, boo. You know, the, the Pirates are... Dodgers colors, bro. It's going to be a struggle to see if the Pirates even finish over 500. I know. You're going to wear the Dodgers hat for real? Yeah, I'm still a Dodgers fan, you know, they suck this year. You're already losing before you start the fucking match, Jeff. I mean, because you're thinking about the Dodgers. They're losing every game, bro. She liked the photo of you in college, bro. How's that supposed to make me feel good? That was 23 years ago. I don't what? care. I mean, but it's, but it's still you. So if I ever had sex with you, I would pretend like you look like that. <laughs> she said you have enough money to go back and make yourself look like that. So, no, I guess we'd have to do it in the dark. She could pretend she's with a 1990 me. Yeah, yeah, so I would do what you did with that girl from yeah, high school. Yeah. Well, tell, okay, since we're going to do that. Well, maybe you could show me a picture that. of yourself we from. We've got to uh, put a 1990 song on that will be playing while you guys are bumping uglies. Yeah. we got to put a 1990 song on right now. Yeah, I wasn't even legal in 1990 then. Yeah, but that's now a you problem. are, but it's a pretend 1990. It's like, it's like 1990 in June. Oh, okay. Well, you got okay, some boys so to everything goes. No, so I, I, what I, song I, would you play? Josh, you got one shot here, dude. This chick is not lying. She's, she is my girlfriend, but she's crazy. Okay. You know, I could be on some kind of fucking bender or shot at or in jail and she will actually, if you play this song, screw you. Okay. So, so the, what so the, would this, be the song that you would play? This, this is what we would Am be... Right this, this is what we'd be listening to if, if we were both back in 1990. No, well, that, you gotta play the song, man. She, she don't even know what the She don't even know what the number one hit was back in 1990. Play something good, man. Show your love. Here it is. What is it? I'm teaching. Is it really? Because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you used to. I look funny. But yo, I'm making money. See, so yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new fool in town. And my sound's laid down by the underground. I drink a bottle of Hennessy. You got in your shit. Oh, that's what you're real. 
Chuck, that was money. That's good. His Jewish nose would tickle my rear in a 69. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. No, you know, Your Jew nose would tickle her 69 in the rear. I've been told that since 1990. <laughs> I'm still playing that song when I lick her pussy from the back. <laughs> so, I mean, I can't believe you played that song. Now, I can't, now I have no moves tonight. Wow. I mean, I only had Humpty loaded. Yes. That's an awesome song, dude. No, you, know, you know it was the worst. That I was fucking. We, we both laughed. Listen, Druff, I told you, he's the man of the hour. He'll okay. make you feel smarter. She, well, she has a genius IQ, too, Druff. Why don't you take her to work? Okay, well, listen. Take uh, her to work, Druff. Now, all this made me th- realize, though, is in 1990, I, I could have uh, I could have gotten more action, and now it's too late. Now now I've gotten uh, 23 years older. Well, no, you're still good looking. I mean, but 1990, you were sick. I mean, like, that's... <laughs> that, I would have, like, followed you around, like, endlessly and aimlessly. Oh, but if I ever built... I'm still good looking. If I ever built a time too. machine. I like you know? dudes with big noses. Drop, I think your nose has grown... As you've gotten older, well, it always so like everybody's nose everybody's around. nose grows like as that. they get older. I like you with that scruffy ass, that come beard, and a good look. Come with the never one poker. Never one, the one with the never one poker hat. I like that. Yeah, well, that's five I years. Like ago. That. I like that. I like you have a you have like you're you don't give a fuck. Yeah, you have a real set look on your face. You're the, I think you're losing a lot of money in this photo. No, I, I was actually, yeah. Yes. Well, you look like you are losing but, money or losing a radio host. It was one of the two. No, I was I was who depressed there because I was about? I was losing and Tiffany Michelle was winning. That was the problem. This is in two thousand. Okay, is she hot? Yeah. What are you talking? To? You want to see Tiffany Michelle? What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, she's hot. Oh, is she pretty dressed? She's donking you, kid. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, 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 Tiffany Michelle is okay. decent, but I'm, she's I'm not beautiful. That's talking. that's my opinion. Keep talking. I'll show you. What is she, is she pretty? Yeah, she's gonna. No, up here, babe. Look, you gotta put Google this thing up. Go ahead. Well, she is. She's a good-looking girl. Is she? How old is she? You know, what makes her even better-looking, Druff. Her best friend is a gay porn star. Now she don't even do cock no more. Sam, Samantha Ryan. I know, but that's kind of a waste, though. So if, they, if they won't you, do cock anymore, yeah, what's the how point? Can you Samantha Ryan and Tiffany Michelle at the same poker table. You want to go home with Josie? I'm going home with Tiffany and Samantha. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, how old are these girls? But by, by the way, uh, bad guy, did you see the picture of me as a six-year-old with a Dodgers uh, outfit on? I like that. Were you standing in front of the telephone? Uh, I actually didn't. No, 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 no. I'm standing in front of a tree with a Dodgers helmet and a Dodgers bat and a Dodgers shirt. I didn't see that, brother. I have I to see that. Well, I like the Dodgers. I'm with you. This is a picture taken of me in in 1978. You don't like the fucking Dodgers. You like the Pirates. Are you a fucking drug addict? I like the Dodgers. You like actually the Cardinals because your dad likes the Cardinals. My Jewish dad likes the Cardinals. My dad is the only Jew in prison. You're you're liking the best team right now. Tiffany Michelle. Hey, Jeff, you think we're like in a crack house here doing this? No, I think you're in a residential neighborhood. (laughs) <laughs> they, uh, I said something like that one time when I was on a Chino ring. What did you? I said I'm gonna, I told you that earlier because he was and he was on TV earlier. And I said, dude, the one night I pranked this guy, you weren't even paying the whole time. I said, I said I'm, I'm pranking you, but I'm in a residential neighborhood. I'm gonna wake the neighbors up because I was my residential neighborhood. What do you mean? That's what it's called. Everybody, who, everything's a fucking residential neighborhood. If I you're wouldn't go that far. Okay, I understand. I said I'm in a residential neighborhood. I can't be yelling like this out here. I'm trying to do good for the show. That's what I say. I'm in a residential neighborhood. When we were in high school, Jeff, he was yelling at me. I'm sure he was cheating on me or something. He started yelling. I don't know what this is about. And 
he told me that he said he said I'm not I'm not I'm done with you. He says and he says and I'm going to tell my colleagues the same. We were in high school. He gambled. He didn't work, and he told me his colleagues like that doesn't even make any sense. Like they all. Yeah, you have colleagues. Yeah, in order to have colleagues, you have to have a job. My colleagues were the guys you were trying to fuck. Oh. Okay. Drop. <laughs> so this one talk, and so the fact that he was in a residential neighborhood doesn't even make any sense. Where, where were you in the, in the show? She's very pretty. Well, I just busted a load on her ass. I doubt that. Yes, I well, did. Do you, do you know this lady, this Tiffany Michelle Drop? Yes. Can we all meet her? Okay. <laughs> Drop, can we meet her? If I come? <laughs> Did you hang up on her? No, no, I'm here. Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, this, he wants to meet Tiffany Michelle. I want to meet the And I actually want to meet her porn friend, Samantha Ryan. I, I, I think, I think she actually there. wants to meet the 1990 me. I think that's who she really wants to meet. If wow. Tiffany Michelle, does she like you in 1992? No, she didn't know me then, so uh, I don't know. Hey, I she would, would have liked you, hey, guaranteed. I want to suck on your boobs. I think Tiffany Michelle was like three years old in 1990, so I don't think she would have liked me then. Yeah, no, yeah, she would have been thinking about you. How old is she? I don't know. She's she's not. She's in the mid mid twenties or something. Oh, can I suck your tits? Okay, yes, he's very charming and romantic. Well, that's how I do. I have a girlfriend on the. Uh, listen, yeah, I want to give a shout out to my girlfriend on the site, Bleeps ninety one, the Dildo Queen. <laughs> she's my girlfriend, and I like to say hello. <laughs> All right, there you go. Who? Yeah, the amazing thing is, people double. actually there's actually people who listen to this show for like serious poker content, and then they get to this, and they hear Bad Guy Twenty Three saying, I, "I want I want to suck your tits off. on the radio." Yeah, what what is better than this, man? This is like Archie Bunker what? and Edith. I'm just about? I'm just saying this, this show has kind of like two personalities. This show has like two personalities. Okay, so we did a bad thing here. We we went too long. No, 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 no. I don't care. People can turn it off. If they want. There's nobody turning this up. They want to hear what this bitch Look, says. I, next. I don't. I don't care about wasting time at the end of the show because people can always shut it off once I'm done with the content. That's I don't what care I'm saying. If, I, I, yeah. When does the bad guy always call Druff? Well, at the end, I know. That's, the end of the show. We're getting ready to turn it off, yeah. right? Yeah. Druff, why did you defriend a bunch of people the other? Yeah, what happened? No, no, I was a joke. Why did you? De- no, that was a joke. Hold up. She is on two plus two and has poker content. Now I'm not even fucking with you. I'm not going to even say nothing. Tell them what you're reading. Huh? What, tell them what you said. Why did you defriend all these people? Why did you defriend all these people? I now have two people in front of me because of my irrelevant commentary. What is wrong with you? Do you offend people on here? Uh, short answer is yes, but I think you should create an account on my site on Poker Fraud Alert. P- poker followers? What no. is she going to be called? No, poker, PokerFraudAlert.com. Hold on. Pro- okay, yeah. Okay, wait a second. What is she going to be called? I think we should have a name for her. Well, I, I don't know. It's got to be something to do with the bad guy. Don't you think? Homepage. Yes, you just want to be called yourself? I need... I'm going to make an account. What is this? Okay, you're not going to make shit. we got to get a name for you. You're going to come, you're going to come up with some corny name. What are you going to say? Like orange shirts or something? I mean, we don't want... Orange that. shirts. How do I... What do you... Jeff, what's a good name for her? Give us a name. She's going to name herself that right now. Um, Josie right. the Pussycat. Josie the Pussycat. You like that, huh? Yeah. Nothing to do with the bad guy, though, huh? Okay, everybody tries to always uh, go further away from the bad guy. Yeah, Josie, pussy, Josie the Pussy Bitch is good. Oh, no. Pussy Josie Bitch, wait a minute. No. 
Okay, yeah, China, uh, pull back those tickets for the new kids. No, China, we're fine. We can get four more hot bitches to go with us. I'm, I'm gonna make it. I just gotta get down to Boston, brother. We are, you're out on the fucking. No, we, I'm in. I'm so. So we're gonna sit here and wait for her to make a poker account now? What is no, I'm not gonna wait. Not too so, how's everything been going, man, like tonight? Like, what? what I, I didn't listen to the show that much. Well, yeah, just the usual. The Cosmo shit? Was it no, I didn't talk about it. No, I didn't talk about it. You don't need to drop shoes in there. Who referred you? I'll put you in. Yeah, for bad guy two three that referred you. Referred you to a piece of shit, man. You're off the site. Hey, drop him. She starts causing trouble, you ban her, right? Uh, I don't know about that. She... Drop, she's up and down, bro. I know. We, we don't have many you girls understand? here, though, so we have to. We can't really ban them. We, we hardly have any. Drop, come on. You, you, he's not going to ban me, it's fine. Drop. If this bitch starts fucking with the show and I ain't talking to her, then she's like calling from her she's boyfriend. I'm still friends with Jeff. He and, this has nothing to do with you. Okay, go ahead. You guys can. Okay, Jeff, you, you're, you're coming on my territory. Hey, bad I see guy. how what it is, is now, boy. Bad guy. What does she do for work? Yeah. She says she works from home. Is she a poker player? Yeah, she works. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Like, I know the one thing she did was like write. NLEA panels. And and yeah, but tell them what it is. No one knows what the fuck that means. Food science. Like she used to like. I know one. You used to do the same thing you had to do one time where you had to like make sure the spelling was right on. Checking the NLEA panels. Yeah. Make sure the spelling's right, like on like how much calories and shit are and stuff, right? Yeah, it's NLEA. So you had to make sure it's spelled. But dude, she can sit right in her bed all day, all night, all night, next day, anything, and then she gets paid great money. And that's what she does. She she does some kind of thing for food where she makes the labels, and but she prints them and makes sure there's no misspellings. That's it. It's like a spell check. Meanwhile, that's on your computer. I could do that in about 14 games. I got spell check. Well, do you have not spell check on other Dell computers? I need to get you a new computer. My computer is way more advanced than hers. That's why it's taking her so long to befriend you guys. Yeah. My computer's yeah, not that's for- what she does, bro. I don't know, dude. She sits back. She's a fucking crazy. First off, this chick is crazy. You know, my computer is so not, you know, not very advanced at all. That's why the show crashes all the time. No, she is advanced. She's very smart. She has a genius IQ like you, Jeff, and probably like you. I think your name is Mark, right, China? Man. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck says China Man? I, can't, I told her 48 times your name's China Man, and she kept calling you China Man. Which I like better. I like the China man better, but it was that's what it was yeah, originally this intended. Real smart. To be. This chick's real smart in a lot of bad ways too. You understand what I'm saying, boys? A lot of bad ways, huh? Hmm. Well, you know what? How do I get to see that? I want to write stuff. Now, okay, now she's on the site. Well, you so got to show you got to show her how to use it. I'm not, you know, this is not going to be the Indian you know tutorial. You got to on the old site because a bunch of black cocks used to be on there. Like Bad guy, you're gonna up. have to give her the ins and outs on post. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna be doing the. Uh, I'm not gonna be doing the. Come on, anything you want, just write. You click on How something. How do I that know says, what I want to talk about? Like, okay, because you read what the fuck it says here, and then you go in and you do it. These people are gonna eat you alive. They're, they're gonna put wanted posters on your pussy of me. Like they're gonna have think have a picture of your pussy. Well, you're giving them ideas now. It. Now they're probably gonna do it. <laughs> Yeah, well, they should do it, right? I mean, she has to be initiated, not right or wrong, Jeff. Well, okay, if you want that. I don't want that, but I don't understand, bro. What is he talking about? 
did he did Drop right? Why am I being ignored? I run a large poker forum. <laughs> what the fuck is it? She's reading your cosmopolitan forum, Jeff, and then she just reads like the thing in the middle. Yeah, read that whole thing. It's pretty good. I didn't write why. Am, I didn't write why am I being ignored? I run a large poker forum. Well, somebody wrote somebody wrote that in the middle of it or are something. These all the people that are on right now. Yeah, it's everybody that's on right now. Say hi to them. She probably weighs more than your mother. She probably weighs. So everybody thinks she's fat. So we didn't show the pictures, girl. I mean, I I can post the picture if you want. Who are these people? Yes, where do I? Where do I talk? Right down here. Tell them to bust you a freestyle rap. Put bust me a freestyle rap. Jeff, you... My mom died from diabetes. What are they talking? I don't even know what that means. Jeff, do I bring the hits, kid? Yeah, sure. Are you mad at me? No, 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 no. I, I, no, I think this is interesting. Well, she's on your site, boy, and she's going a mile a minute. Yeah. Tell how you like it's it. Real talk. Who's real talk? He's someone who it's does real, real talk. Josie, no, nigga, not Parker Josie. Right you can't say what you Who's, who's Parker... Pe- People don't it's want to the bad guy. <laughs> 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 these, but these people hate you. Why? Oh. Who's a good dad? The, who's real talk? Is this a real person? Yeah, guys are kidding. No, they're all real people. Limp donk bingo. I want them all to go on here. Uh, John Stamos. John Stamos is from Full House. Okay. Yes. That is true. He is a real doctor. And where is Bubbles? Yes. Why well, he call out Bubbles? Bubbles is my. A man. genius IQ in Pittsburgh is ninety. That's good. I like unlearned. <laughs> can you like people? You gotta type it. They can't hear you. Jeff, what's going on here, man? I'm not gonna just take over the a show. Genius, a, genius, a, a genius IQ in world. Pittsburgh is ninety. That's kind of funny. I like that. <laughs> Jeff, she'll have a comeback. Find her hand. Yes. Did you know he murdered his girlfriend last year? Oh, my God. Is anybody saying that <laughs> I now? said, yes, yes, okay. I will murder Who, Who's the one who, who said that? Well, you guys are putting murder. Jeff, what's the murder shit going to be banned? No, you can't ban stuff. This is free. This is, this is everybody's free here. Jeff, what's the murder stuff going to be banned? Well, you brought it up. Todd. You brought it up. I didn't bring it. I never ever said I murdered somebody. No, though, well, but I you, said somebody you, killed themselves. I mean, but you come said, on, you said something on the radio that made people think you did. You know, you know how it is. Jeff, I never did that. Come on, man. I, I you were you were saying when I did that show the one time with China and uh, Johnny Sepp, the liar, when he's telling me how child support works, that I was trying to say yeah, I murdered somebody. I, I never. I mean, no. The girl shot herself. I went to make a drink. She shot herself. That's what I said. I mean, it's a true story. Mm. They called this girl right here. Yeah, they the did police. Did. did they not call you? They, they called her. And I said, well, he killed somebody. I mean, come on. That hurts my feelings. I thought you guys loved me. We do. Because I love you guys, man. I'm here every week. Well, I hope I brought you guys entertainment. Josie's now... Jassim. a thief. Don't you talk to Jasper? He, he, I think she got Jasper about. She asked me who Jasper was. Well, he's, go, he's gone. He's not. He's not going to talk to her anyway. He's gone. Isn't that Johnny Sepp? Well, somebody asked if you were dating him. <laughs> what the fuck? You, that, you, you got, the people 
those names are over here. I know. Jack is a thief. He ripped off a fucking... He dates Jack. <laughs> who I do. Who said I date Jack? What are you saying? Real dog. Oh, come on, guys. I mean, Josh, get some control. Okay. I bet you... Chinaman's in here. Chinaman. Chinamania. Can you put some of his scam? Oh, my... China, you ain't even coming at me, dude. All right, the, the show is going crazy you? here. <laughs> Next, that, even I'm coughing now. Next week I will be back July, July, June 18th, 7 p.m. Pacific time. You never know what will happen here. We get Bad Guy and his girlfriend this week. We have the new kids on the block. We have Chinaman. All kinds of crazy stuff here on this show. I didn't expect this episode to take uh, three and a half hours, but you never, actually four hours. But you never know what happens on Poker Fraud Alert Radio where anything and everything is possible. I'd like to thank uh, Chinaman, my co-host tonight for most of the show. And I would like to thank BadGuy23 for bringing his lovely girlfriend, Josie the Pussycat, on to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. And uh, we get a glimpse into his life. And I have to say, this is not this is not a man who hides things from his girlfriend. She knows the real bad guy. The good and the bad. So, yeah. So, if you want to, you want to say anything further. This is the end song to the show. You know, the end of all in the family here. This is the end of the show. Yes, I just want to thank you for allowing us on here. I'm real excited about you and China Man. I'll be meeting you in Vegas, and uh, China Man's going to introduce me to uh, to Marky Mark and uh, the Funky Bunch. Yeah, well, well, and the new kids. Well, come out to Vegas uh, in the next few weeks. That's when you should do it. Okay. Hey, fuck you. You guys sold out on me, man. We didn't sell out. I'm, I'm hoping you, I'm hoping you I'm come out. I'm paying top flight entertainment, and now everybody's making fun of me and put my wanted posters are back up on the site. I don't get it, man. Yeah, but she's already seen them, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, people. I don't care. I'm kidding. But listen. Listen. I, we want to meet you, man. When are you going to be there for real job? I told you I'll be there next week. Come out next week. I will meet you and anybody else from the site who would like to come out. Thank you for listening, everybody. This is Todd Dandruff with Telus and the Chinaman on PokerFraudAlert.com. See you next week at 7 p.m. Bad guy, send him off. Shalom, niggas. <laughs> <Nice. laughs>